0: That doesn't really care about the... a lot of people don't care, yeah. I guess, but <laughs> uh, it's just that, yeah, it's just that there's no restrictions anyway. So, I guess we should go and protest anyway.
1: That's not great,
2: yeah. It's not great.
0: Oh my god, well, anyways,
1: welcome to the podcast, everyone. There is, there's once again. Um, Still a pandemic going on.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been there last week, it's here this week. It's not (laughs) like there's going to be much of a change.
1: It's been that way this whole season. Also, um, there's a new, like, there's already, like, the second spike of it or whatever here in Ireland. Like, they've now, like, um, I think it's Leash... Cavan and Kildare are now like locked down. Like yeah. if you live in any of those places, you can't travel outside of your county.
2: Yeah, so which inevitably today,
1: means, yeah. yeah, which inevitably inev fuck inevitably means that um, it's gonna just be spread throughout the country pretty quickly. Cause like once once people's symptoms are identified, it's like already too late. Cause it means that they have prior to the announcement of like a lockdown they've inevitably, like, been out,
0: so. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I don't know if they've been out of the country, of the county, I mean, it's like, yeah. kind mm. like, of, I don't know,
1: Kildare specifically, like, I know a good few people from Kildare, and Kildare is so close to Dublin that, like, that means Marcus can't leave. <laughs> yeah, Keep him locked there's down. a few
0: people, actually, who, who we know that can't leave uh, their county now. Um, which is interesting, and um, I guess I don't know. I I don't know. I would really call it. I mean, it is a spike for sure, but uh, I wouldn't.
1: Hopefully, hopefully yeah. we identified Edward. Oh my god! Hopefully we identified it quick enough that it's okay. It's been a while since we've recorded, and um, my voice isn't working.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, for I mean, it wasn't a while. We recorded last week about insidious. What are you talking it was, about? Yes,
1: only just like la- fucking. <laughs> Last week we recorded Insidious. That's correct. Yes, and we hated and, um,
0: it. I still feel the pain in my body.
1: Same, honestly, I like do. Do you I know? It'll never go away.
0: Do you know why there's a second wave of Corona in Ireland? Because insidious, insidious gave it. Insidious gave it to me.
1: <laughs> Fuck, that's really sad. As I
0: said on the podcast, there you go. Whoa!
1: Well, are you happy, I'm James?
0: Wan? are you proud of yourself? <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you listening, James Wan? Spreading we know you deadly are. Deadly diseases, despicable.
0: When he's not making films about Dolph Lundgren on a dolphin underwater, he's spreading coronavirus. What a man!
1: Anyway, speaking of um, horrible men and deadly diseases, um, mm. Macho how are you?
0: Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, that that hurt. <laughs> Struck deep um, I'm fine Yeah I've been doing some some stuff I guess there's a There was a film festival going on That was online Made by the IFI that I took part in That kind of reminded me of What it's like to be at a festival And and to want to fall asleep At boring long films It's great And <laughs> um, yeah I, I kind of I don't know I'm starting to get in the mood where I just kind of Wanted to be like September, October, so I can like watch horror films and nothing else, uh, which is what's gonna happen. Oh, because it's so.
1: Halloween, yeah,
0: yeah, that makes sense. I don't know, maybe we can maybe I'll try to do something about it because, yeah, because I do the film challenge, it's gonna be, yeah, uh, I've done that the last couple of years, so I think I'm, I mean, yeah, definitely gonna, do it, again You're gonna this, do it again this year, yeah, where I just we do, the, them somehow. yeah, they just do the list of 31 films or a bit more, 33 films to watch during October, and I start a bit earlier in September, and well, maybe there's something we can do about that. I don't know. Maybe. Um,
1: my but... my eyeball is itchy.
0: Don't, don't, you know, don't put your hand into it. Just just use some drops.
1: I'll do what I want.
0: Yeah. And then you're gonna have fucked up eyes like, like
1: me. Isn't there a movie starring, like, Jessica Alba where she gets someone else's eyes? Like a horror movie? Isn't that a thing? Or is it Jennifer Lopez?
0: Oh, there's a film called The Eye. You're right.
1: I know my shit.
0: Wow. I'm, I'm a little bit impressed. Uh, wow. What a fucking concept.
1: If she like, gets their memories or if she becomes a serial killer. I don't know. She's that's, used to that's help solve eyes the I don't know. Yeah, that's how that's, eyes work. That's
0: how eyes work. They store memories. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, holy oh, shit. She. That is... Uh, what an idea for a film. Have you ever seen... That film called Blindness with Julianne Moore. How about you mean everybody? Weaver No. Uh where everybody goes blind. No. Um, it's not very good, but it's interesting. <laughs> it's like an it's like blind? an apocalypse kind of type scenario where everybody just loses their sight. Um
1: It's like where we're living right now, but everyone loses their sense of smell and taste.
0: Yeah. For a while. <laughs> Mm. Um, not forever, which is, I guess, uh, whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: no, some people have lost it, and like it, this like hasn't come back, and they've like yeah. not had it. like they've recovered months ago, and they still have no sense of smell or taste.
0: Well, there's this whole thing about people who just keep having symptoms and stuff, but I'd say that's probably not everybody. Um, Hopefully not. Uh, where blindness is just like, a, yeah, everybody's blind and, and Julianne Moore is not. I think that's the idea of the film. and then, Ooh, power. Yeah, and then there's f- this film called Perfect Sense where everybody starts losing all their senses like one by one at the same time. So like everybody loses their hearing and then everybody loses their yeah sense of smell or whatever and that's that kind of apocalypse. That film is also not very good.
1: It doesn't sound great.
0: Um, yeah, but it's lie. got uh, Ewan McGregor in it, and uh, Eva Green, I think. Oh. So it's got some people That's in decent. It. Yeah. Anyways, a it's decent a film.
1: Cast. <laughs> you know what else is a film?
0: Uh, um, Austin Powers. The Spy Who Shagged Me.
1: No, that's actually called a masterpiece.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I've another film, um <laughs> Yeah, well, I've also never seen it. <laughs> um what I was actually thinking of mm. what I was thinking of in this case was um Labyrinth.
0: Oh, Labyrinth, you mean the
1: directed by Jim
0: Henson film.
1: Directed by I wanna say
0: I just said it. You don't Jim have to Henson? say anything. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that insight, Abby.
1: You're
0: welcome. Um, the screenplay
1: is by Terry Jones from Monty Python, which I didn't Indeed.
0: know. I did not did know this. either. I noticed his name in the credits when I started watching, and I was like, what the fuck, uh, Terry? Yeah. Wild. Um, He's you. dead now. He yeah, I, so I know. Here, rest in peace. Terry Jones was an amazing man who did so many cool things. Like most people from Monty Python, like everybody in that group, like kind of first, they revolutionized comedy with with their little thing little thing. And then everybody went on to do something really awesome afterwards as well. It's pretty yeah. nice.
1: Who um who out of the Monty Python players which one would you fuck?
0: Oh, good question. Uh Michael Palin, no, no, you know. No competition for me even. What about you? For
1: me and so I always I've always, I mean always is completely incorrect. Um I have since I was like 12 okay i've loved monty python like i saw mm-hmm. spam a lot which is the musical that mm-hmm. i guess it was eric Idle and maybe also terry jones i don't know um, yeah i've never that seen that were, one it's so good i've seen it twice now i saw it in on the west end and it was great it's so yeah. fun it's the holy grail but made into a musical and it's just oh, so cool. fun um, and then i saw it in dublin as well in the board mm-hmm. theater um but i've always loved them when i went deceased spam a lot i remember i think it was my it was after my confirmation where you get lots of money mm. technically it's it's um technically it is you i guess receiving the holy spirit or something okay but um mainly what happens is that you get money um, You receive and money you.
0: yeah cool
1: i really can't remember the purpose of the confirmation at this point unfortunately you take a second you take another name you take a yeah you take another middle name
0: um what what name did you take
1: I took Sheila, which was my mother's name. Well, oh, that's very sweet. um, yes, because my mother is the most wonderful woman and the most inspirational person in my life. Mm-hmm. But um, it still was that. But you have to take a name that is a saint's name, so you have to like. So I was like, I want to take this name. So like, your teacher would basically just help you get a loophole. So she was like, Oh, well, there's a saint called Cecilia and it's Sheila and Cecilia. Like Sheila is Irish for Julia but I think you can also connect it. You can translate. I think Cecilia maybe is like Italian for Julia. I have no idea. Wow. Um, but either way she was like, you could do Cecilia, Mm -hmm. but that, but like, you know, say you're taking it for Cecilia or whatever. So I had to research, like do a project on St. Cecilia, who is the saint of music. So honestly, it was also like pretty suitable for my own interests and stuff. Um, Oh, but yeah, yeah, so we went there, I think, I guess it was like a trip for my confirmation, I'm not really sure, but either way, we went over to London to see Spamalot, and because I had money, we went like shopping and stuff, and I remember buying a box set of um, Monty Python, The Flying Circus. Yeah, awesome. Because I think, I guess, I must have already seen The Holy Grail, mm-hmm. if I was watching Spamalot. I think I'd also maybe seen Life of Brian, even though I like definitely shouldn't have, but I feel like that goes for most yeah. people. Yeah. Twelve is very Um, early,
0: yeah, for Monty Python.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't like I can't remember, but I feel like it's also possible that maybe I was not twelve, maybe I was like fourteen, but I feel like I associate it with my communion, I mean, my confirmation. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the the facts aren't super important, I guess, but I just it's specifically relevant to my brain because I feel like I had been given money for a specific reason, which is why I was able to buy a box set of the Holy Grail. Um. The, up, flying um, circus. the flying circus, yeah. yeah. Um, so I loved Monty Python from like a super young age, and from a again a young age, I probably from when I was like fourteen, I was like, "These are the people in Monty Python who I want to have sex with." I mean, back then it was probably I want to give them a kiss, but okay, this is what it truly was. Same principle, so yeah. It, yeah. Um, so it was Terry Jones and Michael Palin.
0: Yeah, the those most. are probably the two. Like, yeah. I mean, Graham Chapman is, I guess, attractive in a He's way. He's oh, dead. He's dead. Oh devil. yeah, he was the first one who died, but still, because now also He's... Terry Jones is dead. But yeah. I don't know. There was there was always I think something about Graham Chapman that was kind of, um, I don't know. Um,
1: I think that I could pretty much I could except for Tyree Gilliam who's a gremlin. I could pretty much like agree to have sex with any of them
0: none of them are really attractive.
1: Michael Palin and Terry Jones were attractive. I, I don't. Back like in their heyday.
0: I don't think they are attractive. I think they're nice, and that's why you want to have sex with them because they're both really nice uh, and seem really nice. And I agree. Like Michael Palin, kind of seems like the nicest person ever. So, you know, that's kind of why I'd go I for. I feel
1: it. like conventionally, I feel like Michael Palin is conventionally handsome.
0: I don't agree. I think he just kind of looks plain. <laughs> he looks like a like a like a, yeah like an English dude.
1: I have to disagree with you. The same with Terry Jones. Terry Jones had a very good head of hair.
0: He did, um, but that was basically the only. That hair. was the only thing he had going for him. I'm sorry.
1: No, but um, also John Cleese. I feel like every now and then I'd be like, yeah, he. I kind of fancy him, but I think the main thing with all of them was just like they were funny.
0: Yeah, exactly. They were you know. funny and talented and you know very intelligent, so that they were attractive. Except Terry way. Gilliam. Uh, no Terry, Terry Gilliam, Gilliam was can get fucked. No, Terry Gilliam is also very uh, intelligent and funny and uh grew up to but be one of fucked. the most important like he fucking he did Monty Python and then he like made one of like some of the most important films of the nineties and two thousands. Like, you know, come on. And like even the eighties, like what Brazil fucked. Come... <laughs> Why do, why do you hate Terry Gilliam?
1: I don't remember, I think there's a reason I think he's a creep, I, but I always also felt like he was a creep
0: He's a bit he of a He always creeped me out He's a bit of a weirdo But like, they're all He's a of
1: white off. man in Hollywood oh, What else come is there? On, like, say everybody
0: like, I mean, he's as much of a Hollywood guy As, I don't know Fucking It's like a guy who came to Hollywood from from Europe and started doing stuff like Like half of them, I guess But like Oh, he he, like he, him and Hollywood is just a battle that just never ended, and it still never ends. i he's not very connected to Hollywood. He's kind of a weird dude, but like you know, all of them were kind of weird dudes. Like John Cleese is kind of a weird dude as well. Like that guy is, you know, he's, he's kinda, also he's John got,
1: Cleese can also get fucked.
0: Yeah, he's kind of pushing it now, but he's got that grandfather vibe. You know, he's just from a different era. Like it's kind of hard to, I don't know. I feel I feel weird hating on John Cleese because he's so old. And like, yeah, he just doesn't know better, like you know. This is true. Kind of similar to anyway. Terry Gilliam, honestly. Um, feels yeah. similar about Terry Gilliam. Um, All his I know last is film that was *Michael
1: Palin*. Good. Michael Palin just seems like a nice man. A yeah, Michael Jones, Palin. Terry Jones was in
0: *Forever*, okay.
1: Terry, let's start a fan club for Michael Palin.
0: I'm sure he has many. Um,
1: yeah, probably. Terry Jones was um in an open wedding. An open wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Jones is in an open marriage.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Um, That's cool.
1: Yeah, I was reading about him and he was apparently in an open marriage because they were married from like the 70s until 2012. Okay. Um at which point he married his girlfriend of 5 years um in 2012 like after the divorce. Okay. Um she so she was like much younger. But um I feel like it's funny. It's one of those things where like there's always that classic thing of like in Hollywood. Where the, the men always have much younger women. Specifically Leonardo DiCaprio. Classic. That's his fave thing. But like with... I feel It's <laughs> I a typical like... thing
0: specifically for Leonardo DiCaprio.
1: <laughs> no, for for many other people. but oh, like Specifically yeah. there's like the meme of Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, yeah. But I feel like I can always believe it a bit more. Like I, I don't know I feel better about it when it's like comedians or like funny people. Because I'm like that makes sense. Like I as a woman can be like yeah I know he's older than me but like he's very funny and charming, so like it's fine, you know well, um, yeah, I kind of get it, know. but
0: also at the same time it's kind of it's kind of so normalizing weird. it from the side of the man which I guess it shouldn't be like we shouldn't be doing that um mm. I mean it's fine it's still, I think it's... nobody cares, I guess it's just like it's it's kind of awkward because it's been happening so much and I think the bigger problem is just the way films used to normalize it in their content. More than people actually doing it, like I don't know, like I don't care if Leonardo DiCaprio dates somebody who's like half his age. That's his business. What I kind of care about is yeah, a film that he's in, making it out to be like the best thing ever, and everybody should do it. And hundred percent. It's it's
1: also just I guess strange because it does. It is definitely one of those things that's more so prevalent in like in Hollywood than like anywhere else, except maybe like other cultures where they like arrange marriages for a specific reason. But like you know. It's. More, I feel like it's more rare to see a couple where there's a significant age difference. It does happen, but just like, it's definitely more apparent in Hollywood.
0: Well, it's a, um, it's a money thing and it's a fame thing. Like that's just what it is, and it's always been there.
1: Power.
0: Yeah, um, but you know, what about Bo Burnham? You know, Bo Burnham is out there showing everybody I... how to do it.
1: I'd like that man under me. That's all I have to say about that
0: hey you, you won't have it because he's uh oh god he's no. with the hustler's lady and she's i'll split great. them
1: up i'll end it
0: she's so small uh, when she's next to him it's kind of funny same
1: i feel like anyone is he's so tall he's like he's very tall. tall i've been in the same room as him
0: uh i know and i was not there vojtek was there i was not <gasps> whoa that fucker Wojtek. sneaked in
1: oh <gasps> he snuck in
0: they let him in. Like, he was outside of the entrance, and he was like, he didn't have a ticket, and he was like, can I go in? And somebody at the entrance was like, uh. ugh.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like there's probably people who bought tickets, and then ended up not going.
0: Exactly, yeah. Which is uh, stupid I didn't go. It's really stupid.
1: I think it was the first time I'd seen 8th Grade, also. Maybe. Because I've seen it twice in cinema, but I can't remember yeah. which came first. I feel like it was that, because it was, like, the first time they were screening it in
0: Ireland. Yeah. Uh, they were kind of like i've
1: already talked about this film so much because it came out like a year ago and now i'm doing it again
0: yeah it's great well it's a good film to talk about because it's a good film and we should uh bring attention to it film. even still and it
1: is also a horror film when you think about it so uh, parker sure. refuses to watch it ever again like he really enjoyed it but he's like i can't watch it again it's too traumatizing
0: yeah it's a bit of a Cause
1: he went to american school
0: yeah i get that yeah god have mercy on his soul but uh yeah it's um yeah i guess i mean yes uh but bo is also in uh in a film that i hope comes out soon called promising young woman which we should talk about on this podcast and he's Ooh. really good in that he didn't direct that but he he said he's acting
1: i'd like to see his face
0: hmm.
1: i'm interested in consuming it so
0: uh yes uh, so that's great Anyways, so Terry Jones wrote the film Labyrinth. Um, Jim Henson directed it, and um, and somebody, you know, that's that's one of the things about Labyrinth. It's just like I have no idea how the fuck it happened, and then because yeah, because I guess Terry Jones wrote it, and then Jim Henson was like, oh, I guess we can do something about it, and then they were like, you know, you know who kids love, David Bowie.
1: You know who has a massive penis. <laughs>
0: David Bowie. Bowie. Let's put him in this film. Let's just put him in. (laughs) How about David Bowie?
1: Do do you think it was a prosthetic bulge? Or do you think that's actually his dick?
0: I think that's actually his dick.
1: Well, maybe it's as big as Willem Dafoe's.
0: It certainly looks that way. Um, (laughs) Because it's like, it's it's this weird thing. I I guess, okay, I guess that's the most important thing about the film. Let's just talk about it right away. The bulge is, it's, it's really big, but it's not like... I feel like if they would actually if they if it would be fake then it would be a lot bigger is how I feel about it. It's like it's not like f- comically big.
1: I feel like it looks I don't know, it's more just like it was the 80s or was it then it was the 80s, right? Yeah, it it's the 86. Yep. 1986
0: slap yeah.
1: It was the 80s, so like they wore super tight leggings and stuff like that. Like they wore really tight pants. So there's that. So like it's clinging yeah. to him already. And I don't know it. It to me because it looks like, it's so substantially weirdly, like I don't know. It looks like it's like a like a, what do they call it? A cup. The what? A cup like they were in football. Like you put it over your ding dong. Oh yeah, yeah. So that it doesn't get hurty. I feel like it's. I don't know. It kind of looks like one of those, but I have. I don't know. I think you can. Well, never. It's the greatest. It's the greatest mystery of cinema.
0: You can kind of see the balls, like lower than the rest so i don't know hmm. i think it's pretty real i think i mean he's I got underpants he's got underpants that kind of probably like squish it all together a little bit i yeah.
1: feel like i'm looking at something i shouldn't be looking at
0: that's that's the correct way to feel because looking at a penis is a sin and you never should do that
1: i've never looked at one and i never will
0: great thank it's you a sin. Very i'm good.
1: going to heaven i don't know about you guys but i'm going straight to heaven so
0: yeah um
1: but, yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't even How look hell? at my
0: penis. I just it's it's too scary.
1: I don't look at mine either. It's nestled sweetly under my armpit, and I don't look at it <laughs> ever.
0: That's not. <laughs> I have to cut it out because there's no context for this one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: does isn't need to me. That's just my biology. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> no the the funny thing about this film as well is that like because it's been quite a while since I've watched it and I guess like focused on it. Yeah. Although I find it incredibly difficult to focus on overall, I agree. Um, but like, because the first time I saw it, I was a kid. Um, like I was, mm-hmm. I probably I don't know, but probably like I'm gonna say eight. I'm gonna guess eight. But um, it might have been older. It might have been younger. I okay, don't really know. But um,
0: eight. Yeah, that that sounds. A bad but I remember,
1: thing. I remember it being a film that we like watched regularly enough. Like, mm. not super often, but. I've definitely seen it more than once. And I don't know. The last time I watched it was definitely in the past few years. But again, I feel like it was probably one of those things where like the family were putting on a movie and it was like, well, let's watch this because it's uh-huh. on Netflix or whatever. And I was like watching it, but also like on my phone, like that kind of thing. Okay. So it's been a long time since I've watched it and properly focused on it. And I, I'm watching it and I'm like, I don't know who the author of this film is. Like I can't because yeah. it's got such a distinct like Jim Henson thing, but at the same time it's got all these other vibes and it's just yeah. quite and then it has got like Monty Python like aspects yeah. to some of the Definitely. comedy bits, yeah. um, which I kind of noticed more when I realized that it was Trey Jones. Yeah. But um, and then also David Bowie
0: on. sings a song every once in a while, which is yeah, also... also David Bowie singing, <laughs> which is also which is just... something totally from a different film. I guess I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's all it's like quite disjointed. Like, I was watching it and I was like, you know what? I can see why this did badly.
0: Yeah. Did you, like, um, uh, since it's a film you've been watching a lot, did you have, like, a particular relationship to it? Like, did you like it a lot or was it just on all the time?
1: Yeah, no, I think, like, I think it was one of the... Because, I mean, I love puppets. Yeah. (laughs) I love puppets and I love, like, Jim Henson. I love the Muppets, all that kind of stuff. Um, So I think there's an element of that just, like, enjoying the aspect of watching a film that has like puppets in it prevalent in a more prevalent way especially because i think like now as time goes on and on like puppets are i guess used a lot less so when they're used like seeing them used is really nice um but because there's something you can't achieve with anything other than a puppet definitely but um so there's there's that element where i just love jim henson's work yeah but I also, you know, love fantasy and love, like, magical kind of things. Like, I love films that, like, spike your imagination and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, and definitely did when I was a child. So I guess that's... And I I know that Megan really likes it my sister. So yeah. I guess it was just one of those things that it was a film we revisited a lot because we enjoyed it. But then I watched it now and I was like, I don't... There's a lot going on. And I don't know... <laughs> and, I mean, there's usually a lot going on in my brain anyway. It's very... Like, my brain's just all over the place. Uh-huh. But, um... I don't know. It was just like everything was so loud, like not loud in volume, but just like there was so much happening. Okay, and I was like, I see why this didn't do well because it's confusing me.
0: Yeah, I think it's well. The way I approach it's... this is, I like for me, like for me, I, this film did not exist in my childhood. Nobody watched it. I've seen it for the first time. I think when I was in college, probably. Um, so I have no nostalgic relation to this film. Um and I think that was probably the second time I've watched it or maybe deferred or something. I don't know, whatever. Um, I think for me it's just that I like I like thinking about this film more than I like watching it. Um, the process of watching yeah. it is um, yeah, I, I got kind of sleepy and it's, it's really hard to get through it, I think, in a lot of ways because it's just um it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of I mean, not. It's just like it's like uh, everything like there's so much talented in it and like the concept is kind of crazy and you think about it and you're like wow it's amazing that they did all this stuff but then when when you watch it it's like oh it just doesn't it just doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't. Yeah, I think
1: you I think you like hit the nail on the head with like I enjoy thinking about it but like watching yeah. it is a, a different story. I think especially with the like watching it for the podcast and like taking notes as yeah, I always yeah. do it was really difficult to take notes. Like I'd be like, so this has happened. And now I guess now this, so now this has happened. Like there was no like specific, like, I don't know things. Like, I don't think that there's, I feel like Terry Jones like didn't follow the format that like a story supposed to have <laughs> that like
0: he did, but he does, or he like, did,
1: but like in a really fast paced way that kind of doesn't make sense. I don't know. I think it's he just
0: doesn't care about things. Within the story. He's got the structure, kind of, like, yeah, maybe not fully, but it's got kind of a structure of a story, but then, like, motivations are something he's really not good at, <laughs> like, there's literally no <laughs> yeah. motivations in this film or any sort of logic in between yeah. the events itself, like, I feel like he can write a scene, but I don't know if he can combine scenes together to make, like, a cohesive whole, because this film has a lot of, like, scenes... It feels very much, yeah, it's kind of like a sketch show sometimes, like a Monty Python thing, where there's this thing happening, and there's like a riddle, and there's something funny, and then we move on to the next thing, and very often that next thing doesn't have much to do with the previous thing.
1: Yeah, like each scene works pretty well, but putting them together, is like, Most I don't really them. understand why this needed to happen, Yeah. and why did this need to happen, and why is this happening in the first place, and there's a lot of things that I guess... As a child, like when you're watching a film as a child, you don't necessarily seek out those answers. But like now, I was watching it, and I'm like, okay, so I can gather from this that Sarah is rehearsing for a play, I guess, or is just likes to read play scripts in the park because her dressed mother was a actress, and I guess now she's dead.
0: Dressed in period a a Victoria costume. Yeah, right
1: yeah, and I and then you can grasp that she's. It's kind of that thing of like, so I guess she has a very. Um, powerful imagination where she uh, thinks of this thing like oh it's the goblin king blah 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 but maybe that actually came from the book because she's reading a book or a play called labyrinth and then suddenly david bowie's there and he's like hey it's me remember the babe Uh, that's a different scene but you know
0: and you're like (laughs) Like, what the fuck are you even talking about david bowie who's this man with the penis is the babe the baby? Is the babe, like, a sexual, like, a uh, kind of relationship way to call your loved one? I, I, the use of the word so, babe or baby in this film is very confusing to me. I guess we'll get um, to it.
1: Yeah. We can, we can, I guess we can start talking about yeah, it. Yeah, let's we'll start talking it about it and
0: we'll get to yeah. it. I mean, there's not a lot of plot to this film anyway. We That's the thing. Talk about like, how are you things. supposed to talk
1: about it? So it starts, a general summary of the plot. I feel like most people listening have probably seen it. I think it's kind of a popular enough film.
0: To um, yeah, I think it's a pretty well known film, and one and way I or another, I think
1: we'll probably, yeah, no, go on, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, I reckon that I do think people who listen because we, as you know, we've got millions of listeners across the globe,
2: yes, yes. Um,
1: I do think that we'll probably get a lot of people disagreeing with us and resenting our opinion on the fact that maybe it's not that good, but listen, just Watch it and challenge yourself to explain the plot to somebody. (laughs) Just like try and explain it to someone and then come back to me and say it's good. I can explain the plot to other films. I can explain the plot to Twilight to you. I can explain the plot to Scream. I can explain the plot to Mean Girls. Those are the best three films ever made. Like I can explain the plots to all of those films. I can't explain the plot to this.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, this film is pretty beloved right now. It's got kind of a cult status, I guess, in some For sure. ways because yeah. a lot of people watched it when they were kids and they really liked it. And also, a lot yeah. of people come back to it, and I, I see a lot of reasons to love this film. And I think all the oh, power yeah. it to deserves you. it. Yeah,
1: it definitely deserves it. I think like the aesthetics of it are great. I think like the so the Wikipedia article indicated that I guess it went through a lot of changes, like the yeah. the script would like, and also George Lucas is also involved in this film, so like. It went to George Lucas, it went to Terry Jones, it went to um, Jim Henson, it went back to Terry Jones, it went to other people. So, like, yeah. the film, like, the script or the screenplay, or whatever, definitely got seen and played with by so many people Yeah, that it was bound to end up being a bit confusing.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I think if you love that film, you don't love it for the plot or anything like that, you know. The um, visuals
1: are amazing. The puppets are great.
0: Yeah. And I mean I've went on record before I I think on this podcast saying that Jim Henson Was a genius and I you know mm-hmm. 100% still think that's the case Yes. Although when I watch his films I sometimes don't enjoy myself I, I kind of feel similarly about Dark Crystal I think Dark Crystal is a bit of a better film Um, But I, again it's like It's not the best ex- movie watching experience You kind of appreciate it for what it is But I wouldn't really call it fun Have you ever seen Dark Crystal?
1: I've never seen Dark Crystal. I feel like my relationship with Jim Henson, like, in my brain is watching his kind of, like, watching his things, like, watching The Muppets, watching, like, Sesame Street, watching Labyrinth, like, watching anything that he's kind of him, or at least his influence, has had an involvement in, specifically with puppets. They just, like, make me feel warm and, like, happy, and it's, like, fun. Because, like, as I said earlier, puppets are just this art form that I feel like got perfected by Jim Henson. And everyone was like, I don't think I could fucking do that. So yeah. it just kind of died with him mm-hmm. because he did it so well yeah. that it's really hard to try and to try and replicate or improve on because it's just yeah. not possible. Yeah. And I feel like with things like CGI and with, you know, all the different things computers can do nowadays, it's also just a thing of puppets are p- it's more expensive than c g i probably in the long run um there's more work more that's teams it. involved um yeah. in terms of having to like be in a physical place and that kind of thing. It's just it's and that you can't back up a puppet, you can back up a drawing, but you can't back up a puppet so like it's true there's a lot of reasons that it's kind of become less common as an art form, but I feel like that's part of the thing that makes it so special when you like watch something um something of Jim Henson's work is that. It's almost a lost art form out of the era of computers and that kind of thing.
0: Definitely, yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, and I, um, yeah, I think that those are the main things that I really like about this film. Even when I'm watching it, that's kind of what I try to focus on, to, to kind of keep yeah. my attention. One is just the idea that this film exists at all. Like that's <laughs> that kind of makes my heart happy in a, in a way that mm-hmm. this is a thing and somebody made it. It's it's nice, and then yeah, and then the yeah, all the work that was put into it, all the puppets or the you know, all the Mm. sets, very beautiful sets, you know. Yeah, like it's a
1: gorgeous film, and it's so well done in terms of all the visuals. Like, it's not particularly well shot,
0: but it's it's got some great like CGI. Bad. The CGI CGI is is incredibly bad. I mean, it starts with Um, CGI, and I guess that's the only like real part when there's CGI, Um, because it starts with the owl, right? Oh right, right like was, the yeah, the the owl at the opening credits, which I mm-hmm. which really didn't age well at all.
1: But I feel like for me that I didn't care that much about that because the owl was just flying through. It was flying over a black background around yeah. credits. I'm like, it's fine. It's an owl flying over black. It's uh, not, but be- besides something that's bit. clearly real, hmm. it's it's worse when they try and and it is that thing of like, um, you know, when we talk about films that have used CGI. Back when it like like um, Jurassic Park, which I watched recently for the first time.
0: Oh wow, um,
1: that's a good Jurassic Park, yeah, it's very good. But Jurassic Park didn't really use CGI; they used puppets or like animatronics, that kind of thing. Like they made yeah. dinosaurs, hundred percent, and that's that's why it still holds up because it doesn't it hasn't yeah. aged. But it's like computers have come along so far, like even in the past two years, let alone the past thirty years. Yeah. So of course it's just going to look shit, especially alongside when you've got puppets. At least if you had some, like you had a lot of CGI as well as the real people but no puppets. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you can at least be like, listen, there's a complete disconnect. But with the puppets, it's like you tried so hard with a few things but you couldn't make a puppet owl. I don't understand.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Later on, the the, the owl looks different. It looks very CGI and weird to me at the beginning. And then later it's I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, I think there's bits where it is a real owl, probably. But the last one of the last oh, yeah. scenes, it, when, it's when they so cut to it looking,
0: like standing, like when they cut to the owl like sitting down, that's a real owl, I yeah. think. And then once they cut away, it's a, it's a different one. Yeah. Um, all right, let's start okay. talking about the film because um, okay. just get through it. It starts with uh, Jennifer Connelly. Um, God damn it! How old is she in this? Um, Sixteen. Um. Sixteen. I, I was kind of going in between, like you know, comparing this to Phenomena in terms of uh, sexualizing Jennifer Connelly, who's not eighteen yet, in different films. Um, and I, at first, I was like, okay, they're not doing it as much as Phenomena was doing it. And then I was like, I don't know anymore, because they do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is an element of they they don't sexualize it in terms of like physically, at least early on. I feel like she's more sexualized when it gets to the point of um, like the masquerade scene, for example. And yeah, she's the like, masquerade scene. There's kind of a like thing that. where Jareth wants to fuck her. Which honestly yeah. holds up for David Bowie um, and his history, but that's another story. Yeah,
0: okay, yeah. Um, but there's, I don't know, it's a weird thing. Uh, this film is for kids, so obviously there's nothing like um, obvious going on there, which, which is not really true for Phenomena, which is, I guess, more explicit yeah. but in a way I think I prefer the way Phenomena does it because it's like at least you kind of know it's there Well, Labyrinth is just kind of confusing and I'm not sure I can't,
1: I can't remember how it's done in Phenomena
0: I mean it's Phenomena it's, it's not even that bad it's just like yeah it's a bunch of like a few things about her like kind of being you know a young beautiful yeah. girl and when you watch interviews about Phenomena Dario just keeps on going how beautiful she was and that's why he cast her um yeah and I I don't think he means that. and I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he's I mean, she was a, a beautiful he's young girl. He, she is beautiful. He's Italian. Yeah. I guess maybe that's just the way they talk. I don't know. That is um, how Italian
1: talk. I think as well, it's also, unfortunately, it's a thing of, like, the time. Not that, like, pedophilia has ever been okay. And I don't think there is. Like, I don't think it's necessarily a pedophilia thing. But, like, yeah. they did the same with Brooke Shields um, yeah. around that time as well with, like, I can't remember the names of the films, but like there's a film where she, I think she does a nude scene and she's underage. It's Blue Lagoon, is it?
0: I've never seen it, but probably you're right. I've I- never
1: seen it either. But then there's another one that I've seen and I've forgotten what it is, but it's she plays like a child prostitute and she's like pursuing a much older man and she's very much sexualized in that film. But a part, I feel like a part of the film is the like is it focuses on the fact that it's wrong that she's being sexualized. So I don't yeah. know. It's, but I think it's it's probably also kind of. Around the time of maybe, I don't know, like the Lolita film came out in like the sixties, didn't it? Yeah, it's so sixties. Yeah. There's there's something to be said for kind of that sort of the repercussion, not the repercussions, but like the the after effects of that as well. Yeah, I think maybe.
0: Lolita is. I mean, Lolita, like the book came out even earlier, but I mean, like, yeah, the book you... was
1: like the eighteen hundreds or something. Maybe. No, 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 no. no it's early nineteen hundreds.
0: It's definitely the twentieth century. I'm not sure when exactly, but. We, we can google it but um i mean lolita is a bit like ahead of its time i would say in a lot of ways <laughs> yeah there you go even in 1955 that's very much ahead of its time uh in terms of just even like narration or the way you kind of put into the shoes of the main character whatever but what i mean to say is like back like if you think about it historically like uh, even in terms of culture, but uh, uh, on a society level as well, like the way this was treated, even like not even a hundred years ago, but like sixty years ago, was so different than it was now like you could, you know, it's very it was very normal like doing like World War Two to kind of be interested in sixteen year old girls when you were a pretty grown man, and that was very normal, and yeah. that was just the way it was. I was saying it was fine, but it was you know,
1: yeah, that's kind of how it was. Like that changed a lot, and even in even like earlier or more recent than sixty years, like I'd say the past, like, um the thing that comes to mind is what we did the Exorcist. Um and I remember reading about it and like the, um Linda Blair was in a relationship with someone in her tw- in their twenties when she was like yeah. fifteen or something. So like yeah. it is it's that thing where you look back and you're like that's fucked up but thinking about it in that context, still fucked up, but was was normal, like was kind of done. Yeah. Um definitely and like and it's that thing of, like, I think Lolita gets this, like, bad rap for being perpetuating of this, like, bad thing. But I really like Lolita. I think it's no, a... Well,
0: that's... I, I mean, that's misunderstanding Lolita if you think it's yeah, perpetuating Yeah, But, no, but, but
1: you know, the way the world is today, there's, like, an the element of being, like... And in certain ways, it it's makes sense to, like, be like, listen, just because it's okay in the historical context doesn't mean that we can be like, oh, it's fine um but in like i think lolita kind of is again about it's it's not about it being a good thing i think vladimir nabokov was also fucked up which is a, i think a part of why people have that kind of opinion of lolita but like lolita's a good book i enjoy the film i think the film's good it's it's about a fucked up thing and it doesn't try and it doesn't try and like ignore the fact that it isn't And i think yeah. even like like i've seen the who does the newer one?
0: Adrian on Lyons. Is that Stan? the newer one?
1: Okay, yeah. So, like, the the newer one, I think... As I the said, one of the Jeremy Irons, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so the one with him, it, like, gives Lolita a power as well. Like, she's, she's the one who has the power over the whole relationship thing. So it's, like, it's a completely different thing. But it gets a bad rap because of what it's, like, kind of seen to be representing, I guess.
0: I mean... It's kind of weird for me to hear because I thought that the world has come around on Lolita because I thought Lolita was getting a bad rap ever since it came out and then finally people were like, okay, yeah, it's just like we were just being stupid. And I thought that it's kind of over and Lolita is now just established as a classic and that's just it because, I mean, I don't know how you can read Lolita and be like, oh, this is promoting this or this is saying this is fine. I don't know how you, I mean, you could if you're not paying attention but and like the book is written a, first person so obviously the person who's doing it thinks he's okay but yeah. it's not what the i think book that is it's, saying
1: i think that partially the problem is that people haven't read the book but just like know yeah. the concept um and it's they cause there's read. the concept yeah it is um and there's the concept of a lolita i guess yeah. um of that sort of figure and i think it's sort of people take the understanding of what if you if you thought of like a really base level bad description of what Lolita is and it's like a relationship yeah. between a child and an old man um or you know, like an adult man um and i think they kind of take that and then some people took that and like romanticized it um without necessarily doing it in a way that was true to what the book's about in the first place and i think that's part of the problem that people have is that they don't like the romanticization which is fair but yeah. they take that as like what the book is which is not what it is yeah yeah, I don't definitely. Know. I agree. Not, I'm not sure how we got here, but um...
0: uh, we're talking about Jennifer Connelly, <laughs> which is, I don't, know, I think that's a fair kind of, you know, think way to think about it because she does look very similar to how she looked like ten years later in this film to me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she's clearly a child, but still, you know, she looks quite old for her age, and I think a lot of people, like a lot of men or, you know, people, were just attracted to her and felt uncomfortable because of that because she's so young.
1: Yeah. And I think, um, it's kind of cool to like see the... the
0: film capitalize on that, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, and I, I but I feel like I don't watch it and feel like they've purposefully done it, but mm-hmm. like maybe they did, but to me, it's not super heavy handed anyway, like I don't notice it, except for in the masquerade scene, but the again,,
0: yeah.
1: there's just so much going on, like what out there my brain can't focus on,
0: everything. fair enough, <laughs> uh, okay, so anyways, she does the play read or whatever in her fucking period clothing. Uh, and then she's like oh no I'm late and she goes back home and it turns out it's actually modern 80s uh, she's got jeans day. on she's got jeans on whatever she lives in a very nice fucking posh house and um she's got a conflict with her mom or stepmom I'm not sure honestly it's
1: her stepmom yeah they don't establish it until after
0: yeah it's um the step-mom. I don't know what why that is in the film um uh, <laughs>
1: Um, I think it's I think it's again that thing of trying to create conflict of like why she's having a fight with her mum, why she hates the baby so she wishes the baby away but it, she yeah. hates the baby because it's her half sibling as opposed to her full sibling so her dad is still alive but her mum, based on the like the props and stuff it seems like her mum was an yeah. actress and her mum I guess died and she misses her mum obviously um and by the in terms of like the picture of what the actress who like or whoever was supposed to play whoever was her mom looks quite like her so she's also i guess trying to like live on in her memory or whatever and so she hates the stepmom um
0: this is not established very well i would like to say by the way it's not
1: they just have a they just have a disagreement yeah. and then the stepmom is like she treats me like an evil stepmother and then you're like okay wait so are you her stepmother or can we get that established please
0: um yeah well anyways yeah they have a disagreement about babysitting the her brother her half brother or whatever and um yeah basically the 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 parents leave and she's supposed to take care of of toby her her brother okay. and um yeah so and then she's upset that she has to do it in a very um teenage girl upset scene uh where she screams at everybody and um yeah, and basically so what happens is she goes and she starts talking things from the book Labyrinth that she was rehearsing, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's not and also, also It kinda not,
1: shows yeah. the camera like goes around her room to kind of give us an idea of I guess who she is in terms of her own personality. So there's like so she's a she's around 16. The the Wikipedia page says she's 16. Yes. Jennifer Connelly was 16. There's no specific indication in the film that she is, but anyway, I guess visually, maybe we're supposed to tell that she's sixteen, um, but you can kind of tell by what's in her room that she's, I guess, sort of living in that sort of still, sort of a child way, where she's got like a lot of um, toys and teddies. Yeah, she's got that. Where the wild things are book, which I feel like yeah. is quite important in terms well, of they, you know, they got a, she got a bunch so
0: of out. books like that are you know kind of in the vein of what this is trying to do.
1: Yeah, so it's you know. Showing us all, it's showing us all that stuff um, around her room, and then she's just practicing and putting on lipstick, I guess.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And then she goes to her brother's room and she's like, talking about stuff, and she talks about how she wishes he would go away. Um, and I wrote down, "Is this a film about abortion?" <laughs> and it's not.
1: Yeah. So. She, she wishes the baby would go away. She says, she the says... so she's telling the story and she says something about the baby being taken away to Goblin City, which I guess is in the story. And then mm-hmm. we see the goblins are like watching from somewhere. Yeah, they're paying attention. It just brings us to the goblins and makes us know that they're listening. Um, who are obviously puppets. And then she yeah. says, Goblin King, Goblin King, wherever you are. Uh, wherever you may be, take this child of mine away from me. And then the goblins are like, that's not it. So the goblins are like, there is something you can say to get rid of him. Beach?
0: Yeah, um, it's like a joke.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a Monty Python. It's This is very it's, much it's Python
0: a, bit. It's, it's a Monty Python bit, but I don't think it fully works because
1: It doesn't work, but it's, it's what he, that's what
0: it looks like. Yeah, it looks like a multi Python bit. I, I guess it's kind of like, I don't know. It has too many questions because like, where are the goblins? What are they looking at? What is happening? <laughs> where are they?
1: How are they watching? her? And I guess maybe there's, you could like try and get away with being like, well, we're not supposed to know yet. But it's like, well, that's not helpful because it doesn't make any sense right now. And I don't care if it makes sense later because it should make sense now. I, it doesn't make sense later
0: now. either. What are they looking at?
1: I think my guess is that they're looking in like a crystal ball
0: yeah okay well but
1: but again well, that's a guess like i can make sense of it but i don't know if it's actually correct yeah. i
0: i don't No. i'm sorry no i don't i think it's like it's it's got too many questions and then they say something like oh it doesn't even start with i wish but it does but
1: then it does yeah i caught that as well i just thought i was stupid
0: i was like what
1: <laughs> yeah oh. she says she says it again she's like i wish i knew what to say no she said something else and then she said something. Anyway, and then they're like, "It doesn't start with I wish,' but then it literally does."
0: But then it does, and I, I, I was like, "But, but then, what's the joke?" There's, Anyways, like, makes you know. think, what right? Mean?
1: It makes you think quite a bit. And then Toby, within seconds, the little boy is gone. Yeah, she because she says and the right thing. Two yeah. seconds later, she returns, and he's gone.
0: And he's gone, and we see, we see the the man with the bulge himself, uh, Mister David Bowie.
1: Dick boy. David Dick Bowie. boy.
0: David. David. Dick Boy Bowie standing in the window <laughs> In all his so crazy bad. 80s glory He looks fucking crazy Like he looks uh, absolutely crazy um, He does it's, There's a weird energy to David Bowie In this film I mean I think he's doing a pretty good job Like he's supposed to be like Only energy like there's nothing else Like he's just supposed to be a presence I guess And he is yeah. for sure But um I'm not really sure what they were going for <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, they were. I think they really just wanted to cast someone who was like a music star because they were gonna cast like Michael Jackson was in the running. Oh um, boy! Like, let me see. Wait, it says it on the video. um the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power. The power. Who do? Who do? Who do? What the man needed the babe. Quiet. Um. Where is it? Um, Okay, so I wanted to put two characters of flesh and bone in the middle of these artificial creatures, Henson explained. And David Bowie embodies a certain maturity with his sexuality, his disturbing aspects, all sorts of things that characterize the adult world. That makes sense. Um,
0: Is that why he has the bulge?
1: I guess so. That's why his penis is out. Um, But so the character of Jareth underwent some significant developments during the early stages of pre-production. According to Henson, he was originally meant to be another puppet creature in the same vein as his goblin subjects. Deciding that the role should be filled by a live actor, Henson initially considered offering it to Simon McCorkindale, I don't know who that is, or Kevin Kline. Henson eventually wanted a big charismatic star who could change the film's whole music style to play the Goblin King and sought a contemporary musician for the role, considering Sting, Prince, Mick Jagger, and Michael Jackson before choosing Bowie. It could have been any of those lads.
0: Well, they made the right choice, even though...
1: They did, because it fits in with David Bowie's whole... Um, I mean, I feel like it's also quite an important part of David Bowie's... Like,
0: I mean, all of those people are a little true. bit over, like, over their prime, I guess, maybe except for Sting. But you could also argue that Sting never had his prime because he was always fucking awful. But anyways, <laughs> uh, like everybody on that <laughs> list, maybe except for Michael Jackson, is kind of, you know... I mean Mick Jagger I guess was always Mick Jagger and to an extent David Bowie was David Bowie but if you look at David Bowie's career at that time it's kind of a lull that's kind of the the time where nothing interesting is happening um, yeah I mean
1: I feel like I feel like they are like Bowie is definitely the best choice Prince maybe is the only other one who might have made sense Sting isn't camp enough um he's too masculine Mick Jagger just absolutely wouldn't work at all I don't, I don't even know how to explain why I think, why no, I think Mick really Jagger
0: wouldn't. would be the other one who would work I think
1: I don't think so at all Mick um, Jagger is fucking crazy too And then Michael Jackson also wouldn't work Because he would have been too um Like Bowie brings the maturity Michael Jackson I don't think would have been able to bring that
0: Well too, Michael like, Jackson was a bad choice For many reasons I guess But um, Yes
1: and <laughs> um, but they also for the like for Sarah, they like Helena Bottom Carter auditioned.
0: Oh, nice. um,
1: so like they initially started auditioning in England, and Helena Bottom yeah. Carter auditioned. But then they went instead um, to go for an American act- actress, so they started auditioning in America. Um, and Jane Krakowski auditioned, as did Sarah hmm. Jessica Parker, Marissa Tomei, Laura Dern, Ali Sheedy, and they're the only ones I know. Isn't that crazy?
0: Interesting. Yeah, yeah, bunch of interesting people. Uh, shows you how how Jim Henson was kind of top of the game back then. Right, so David Bowie in this film. It's 1986. The last thing. I mean, ah, I guess in a way he's kind of still a star because he makes Let's Dance in 1983. And that's a big hit, obviously. So... I guess it's kinda of still on the height from this. But after Last Dance he doesn't really make anything else that's kind of as big or as substantial as this until like until maybe like Black Star, <laughs> which is his last album. So, you know, it's like I guess it's kind of at a point in, in his career where I don't know, to me it feels like a lot of people kinda of lost interest or felt like he might be losing it. Mm-hmm. Um it's not like when he's in um The Man Who Fell to Earth. And it's like 78 and he's like at a whole new, you know, uh, moment in his career and he's doing like station to station and all this shit. Mm -hmm. It's later on and it's kind of passing and you can hear it in the music as well, which is, uh, well, it's not bad, but um, I mean, it's pretty far from Bowie at his finest, I would say. (laughs) It's got one good song and the rest is...
1: What's the good song?
0: Well, "Dance Magic Dance" or "Magic Dance" or whatever the fuck it's called—that's Oh. As the good song. So,
1: was that not a song? Wait, are you talking about the *Labyrinth* album or a David Bowie album?
0: Oh, *Labyrinth*, like David Bowie, wrote the music for this. And sang... oh,
1: you think "Dance Magic Dance" is the only good song? Yeah, is that your favorite song from it? Well, which
0: one? Which one do you My like? My favorite
1: song is "Chilly Down." It's so fun. <laughs>
0: What the fuck is Chilly <laughs> Down even about? What the hell is going on? I in the film I'm like, I, love I mean, it. every song is like this. It's my favorite extent,
1: scene. I, I don't know why. I remember watching it. Th- the most recent time I watched it, I remember being like, this is a great scene. I love this scene. Because I think I remember being scared of it when I was younger. Um, and I was like, this is great. This is a great song. This is so fun. And then, um, like, Googling it and realizing that everybody hated it. And I was like, but, you know, I like it.
0: Oh, that's great! You know what this uh, scene is? Chilly it's the original. Okay. No, this is the original. Don't hug me. I'm, I'm scared. It's oh, got the same vibe of Don't, Don't hug, hug me. I'm scared. scared so much. I know. Maybe that's why you like it yeah. because it's got that same vibe. It's, even the like the guys are are the same as one of the guys in Don't hug me. I'm scared. What? Right? There's like one. I don't know like like I don't know it reminds me of something in Don't the, the Hug Me I'm Scared I think it's similar vibes the I guess face of the dudes
1: that's part of, part of the reason I love Don't Hug Me I'm Scared so much is because it's puppets and they like haven't I don't know I guess yeah it's similar to the like the green guy
0: yeah right mm-hmm. like there's one guy who's kind of similar their face similar. is similar
1: yeah I'm sure they were influenced yeah, by Jim Henson, Who how can't you be if you're a puppeteer or a puppet maker puppet lady puppet gal puppet man I don't know yeah um yeah, no, I don't know. I really enjoy
0: well, like, the it. The music, the the music. It's like this weird synthy kind of vibes. And there's some good mu Like I, my favorite musical moments in this, I guess, are around the songs because there's some good like uh, background music that that feels very like kind of different and well thought out, honestly. But like I don't know. Like the whole vibe of this is very very 80s for sure, mm-hmm. and and Bowie was very 80s at the time, and like this whole thing is, but. I don't know. It lacks a sort of a focus. It feels very muddy as well to me. Like like the songs are very unstructured and kind of all over the place, and they just feel like kind of like ideas more than a song. I mean, I feel like I
1: love part of the reason I love Chili Down is the fact that it's just such a cacophony. Like, but I mean, I feel like that just really just comes down to like music taste because like I enjoy listening to the songs from Don't Hug Me I'm Scared just like just for just to listen to them. So. I guess okay. that's just me. <laughs> but I guess it makes sense. I'd never compared them in my brain to, like, compared yeah. Labyrinth to Don't Hug Me, escape Scared, but I guess it makes sense. But I just really like that scene and that song. And also, I Googled that's it because I was like, the one thing that I have a problem with is I feel like they're all doing, like, a black accent. But then I Googled it, and they're all played yeah. by black men. So I'm okay with it. That's fine. They're all oh, they're black okay. men, so it makes sense that they would say it that way. That's great. Um, one of them is the guy mm. who played Elmo, Kevin Clash.
0: Oh, that's very really nice. What's your favorite Bowie album?
1: I'm not that interested in David Bowie. He's... Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like. I I like that ground control to Major Tom song.
0: Okay, and Space Oddity. That's very early Bowie. Yeah.
1: What's his other what's um, his other songs? What's my favorite David? Oh, well, he's song? got so many. I feel like he's I just got don't...
0: so many songs. That guy was fucking on fire all throughout the seventies and yeah, like end of sixties, all of the seventies, and then yeah, first half of the eighties.
1: I think I, my favorite song, I think my favorite David Bowie song, is Starman.
0: There's a star ah, man in the, the sky. sky. It's a good song,
1: but that's kind of—I've never been hugely into his music, to be honest.
0: I recommend it. Um, um, like I've listened to it. You know, it, it's kind of like
1: I don't. I don't like "Let's Dance." It's it's interesting to me to hear that that's a song that like was super popular. Bah, bah, I'm not that into bah. it. Bom, bom, like I'll listen bom. to it, but
0: I like "Let's Dance." I like that album. I a lot of uh, "Let's Dance" gets a lot of hate amongst Bowie fans, and you know it's not as good as his best stuff, but I quite liked it. And I like that song too. It's like a like yeah, it's like a twisted Beatles song. It's basically just taking that Beatles song and, and playing around with it. I quite like it. That makes sense. Um yeah, but I think the most interesting Bowie is kind of exactly in between like Starman and Let's Dance. Like yeah, if you start looking at the stuff he was doing uh on like Aladdin, S- Sh- Aladdin Sane and um Station to Station even like Diamond Dogs and stuff like that, where he was kind of trying out things. Mm-hmm. I think that's when he's the most interesting. He he made a lot of great basically experimental albums as well. Like Low is like half of Low is instrumental. It's kind of weird to listen to an album by a vocalist where half of it is instrumental. It's it's kind of... That is fun. It's pretty really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I recommend it. It's a, It's a long journey to get through everything he mm-hmm. did. And I even I didn't, like, kind of get into his 90s stuff or anything, but um, I think it's really cool. And, you know, um, if you look at, if you watch Labyrinth, it's kind of, it's, it's really weird kind of to think about <laughs> the stuff he did when he was in his prime, yeah. because it's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know. It's it's um It's weird. Like, I've never, like, I've listened to his music, like, in terms of I've heard it. But I don't know, I've never yeah. I've never felt this desire to like seek it out. I don't deny that he's a very important figure in music and everything and very influential. I just never have felt super um drawn towards him, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, it's weirdly not that easy to get into. Like he was such a popular person and he, he made so much popular music. But if you listen to a lot of the stuff now, it's not really easy listening in any way.
1: No, yeah, I think I really like just Starman and What's the other one that I said? Are they the same song?
0: Let's Dance. No, no. no not Rocket. They're, they're rock, no, that's Elton John. Gra- ground,
1: no, space control, Oddity is space the other oddity. one. Yeah, they're kind of the two.
0: That's Space Oddity.
1: They're really the two that well, like rough most, I like. They're
0: both about space. Yeah. He's got a lot of songs about space. I does. I was um, into the space thing.
1: In college, I did a performance for documentary. I had a documentary theater module. I made it to do a performance, a documentary theater piece or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up being in a group about physics so like people had to be like I want to make a documentary piece about this and I didn't have anything to say like I was like I don't know I, I can't think of one this was the year before I got okay. to drop drama and just do film so it was kind of it was like my last it was one of my last assignments I was going to have to do and I was just like ugh um, but I was like kind of unsure like I didn't have any opinions on what to do and there was different things being thrown out. And I didn't really like the sound of any of them that much. And um, someone was just like, hey, you should be in our group, which is it was physics. And um, mm. I was like, I don't know science. I don't understand science. I don't like science. Um, and especially physics of all the sciences. Um, yeah. But then we ended up doing and it was my idea. Um, we ended up doing like a thing, like an ex- like a I guess it was experimental. I don't know. It was what's the word? It was um like a there's a word for it. You had to be involved in it basically. I, there is a word for it, but I can't remember what it is. Um, immersive oh, like a theater. It was where immersive. You, uh, and it was audience participation. Yeah, it was an immersive or... piece. So basically, we like transform. We kind of did. Have you ever been to the science gallery? I have not. Okay, it's fun. But our kind of thing, like, I was, like, yeah. trying to think. I was, like, I can't, I can't get into it. Like, I can't view science as this cool thing. But the only other time I've felt that way is, like, the science gallery. I think the science gallery presents mm-hmm. science in a fun way. Um, and so I was, like, we could, like, create our own little mini science gallery. So that's just what we did is we, like, transformed the performance space into, like, a little museum kind of thing. And we, like, found out fun mm-hmm. facts about science, <laughs> about space, specifically. We did okay. space. Because I was, like, space is interesting. Cool. Um, so, like, did you know that there's like a, an atom that exists in um, space that tastes like raspberry? It has the same atom. So there's like part. So like they say that ra- they say that space tastes like raspberry and smells like rum. So we had like a bit where you ate a, a raspberry blindfolded. It was fun. Um, but we played Space Oddity over the speakers. Oh yeah. So yeah. I was like, you need a bit yes. of like ambiance, and it was really nice. It just like it was a good vibe because it was like. Dark,
0: and we were just sitting there, and it was nice. I like that. That's very good. It's a good
1: song, but that's kind of my main. What connection. about
0: Life on Mars?
1: Is there life on Mars? I don't remember what it goes like. Da 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 da
0: da da da. da, da. Oh yeah, I like that yeah, song. There
1: you go. I guess I just like the songs that's about space song. that he does.
0: Well, that's basically the beginning of his career. <laughs> his whole discography. And then, then then, he's Ziggy Stardust, and yeah, and Ziggy Stardust has, I guess, only one album. But yeah, and then it's Aladdin Sane. He's got, like, characters in his... I think you'd be into it. He's got, like, characters that he's doing in his music, and they're, you know, all different things. And it's very theatrical as well. And yeah, the beginning is very spacey, and then he kind of goes more towards uh, weird stuff, I guess. I, I think Aladdin Sane is also... Uh, Alien? I don't know. But then the thin white Duke. I don't know. It's complicated. Uh, Maybe they're all aliens. It's kind of hard to say.
1: Maybe he was an alien.
0: Well, that's what he claimed for a long time. Like, when he was Ziggy, he was saying that his name is Ziggy Stardust.
1: He was trying to convince people that he was an alien? Yes. I feel like I don't know, like that era of music in general. I'm more into like Elton John. Like I really like Elton John's music. I feel like more so than
0: Elton was great
1: too. More so than other ones. I like Under Pressure also, which is I feel more so I would attribute to Queen, but he, I guess David Bowie is involved also.
0: Yeah, I guess it is more. Um, I mean, they were all friends. I'm sure they all had sex. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Apparently, he had sex with Mick Jagger. There's this big thing about uh, David Bowie and Iggy Pop having sex, too. Ew, I don't want I mean, I'm sure they're all fucked each other. i sure. I don't like... Yeah, th- those are th- those kinds of times. I
1: don't like looking at Iggy Pop. So I don't like the concept of him you having don't... sex with David Bowie. because <laughs> I don't like looking <laughs> at <Okay>. him. <laughs> Not because I'm homophobic, because uh, I don't want to look at Iggy Pop in general. Or think about his existence.
0: I don't think either of them would call themselves gay.
1: Um, D- uh, David Bowie said he fair. was gay. In the seventies, and then it was like, wait, no, I'm actually bisexual, which makes David
0: Bowie hated talking about it. He hated talking about it, and he hated people asking about it. It's not. And there was this wonderful interview. There's this one wonderful interviewer. There's a lady who's trying to ask him about being bisexual, and like in that old school way of, but what do you like? And he's just like refusing to answer, and he's so annoyed. It's wonderful. He <laughs> just hates her so much. It seems like uh, it's really fun. I
1: think it seems like he kind of his approach to it was just like I don't know, who knows what? Because he said something about.
0: I think a lot of those guys back then were just like kind of open to everything, and that was the way they kind of. Why approached not? It. We and should all be that way. It was pretty fun. Um, it was before AIDS and all that kind of scare that happened with this. So I think it was just very experimental and open and fun let's just ride yeah yeah
1: i think it's all the power to them which is weird because like a lot of that generation are homophobic <laughs> it doesn't make any sense yeah like they're all having sex with one another maybe that's why they're homophobic that's like in um that's like in heathers well we're, we're getting
0: going right? <laughs> too deep now yeah. it's like in the headers i love my dead gay son dead gay son yeah.
1: Oh wait, I don't know. Then does that One happen? One of the
0: best lines in movie history. Wait,
1: but does that happen in the movie, or god is that just the musical? In the musical, um, it's revealed that the two dads had an affair.
0: No, that's only in the musical. Oh, okay. it it's pretty fun.
1: The film. Did your song. I think they run away together. In
0: the film, in the film, is just this wonderful scene where he's crying over the op- open coffin. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so it's good. such a funny scene. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's so funny.
1: Hey, maybe we'll do that film someday. Um,
0: maybe. Mm. Be maybe well right now we're doing a labyrinth and then labyrinth david bowie is channeling all that sexual energy for his crotch <laughs> that's why as his he penis is so big
1: it's full of sexual tension well, his... it's just... that's why his bulge is so it's big it's like... full of
0: sexual tension oh my god can you believe him having like a hard-on on set at any point that would I be know. so terrible because like i'm sure it's like popping right <laughs> up like there's nothing blocking it you know boop it's like right now I'm wearing sweatpants all day, all the time. So if it happens, then, you know, I have no way to hide it. That's why you can't wear sweatpants in an office. You have to wear jeans. Mm.
1: And if you see someone wearing sweatpants who is a man, you're like, that's confidence.
0: That, that is a lot of confidence. Or, you know. They have tiny willy. Or you're over 40, I guess.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: true. Or have a tiny wheelie. <laughs> or have a tiny wheelie, but... I don't know. it have to be... I, I think you have to have a really small penis to be like... Even if I had a hard on, nobody's going to notice. I, I think you have to have, like, a really small penis. Anyways. thing um, being a woman, you can wear just...
1: whatever you want.
0: Yeah, nobody's going to judge Knowing you this. or do anything to it. Yeah, nobody... Yeah, it's like, yeah, historically women are allowed to dress however they want and they never had any issues with We it. never had any issues with that. No.
1: What I meant was that no one no one need know that a woman is um horny. My clothes. So women don't get horny. Well, that, that's well, why. that's exactly the point. Is that we don't get horny. So, except for sometimes my little armpit penis um just pops right up mm. and I have to hold my arm out right like
0: this. Please stop doing this, bit <laughs> there's no way I can edit it in. It's not even recorded It's not a bit. How do, it's my do biology. I do? Okay. Uh, <laughs> David Bowie's in the window. They and they have a talk about things, um, which doesn't help with much.
1: Are we only at this part no. of it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, he, he kidnapped Toby. Mm-hmm. That's guy guess the the that he took it. God he took him it. as she requested. And then there's loads and of goblins. And now she's got. Yeah. Now she's got 13 hours to go through a labyrinth that leads to his castle.
1: Yes. That's what the name Wife
0: routine?
1: Unlucky? I don't
0: know. I guess. Um very particular number. Yeah.
1: So she so yeah, she's now in the goblin world, I guess. And she meets yeah, a goblin so she goes, named Hoggle.
0: Like, the Yeah, the world outside kinda of turns into a painting. It's kinda of nice. And yeah, it's just a big kind of labyrinth that goes into a big castle kind of deal. And yeah, and she basically just starts going. Like that's it. You're in the film. That's the this film. Happens. There you go. That's the it's the exposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she meets a goblin. He's pissing into a pond. Classic. I guess it's funny.
1: I don't know. Piss is funny.
0: It's kind of... It, it's impressive that they did it. It like it actually looks like he's pissing.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, is it really that impressive? I feel like you just need to, like, spray a bottle.
0: I mean, it's a very impressive... I mean, whatever. Flow. Um, yeah.
1: Well... Is, is Hoggle not, like, played by Warwick Davis?
0: I'm not sure. I, I know his voice is Brian Henson, but let's have a look.
1: Oh, because it's entirely possible that it's just um a small person peeing. Right?
0: I think... I mean, probably.
1: Hoggle. <laughs> Hoggle is Shari Weiser in a bodysuit. I don't know who that is, but yeah. I think we might have seen their
0: pee. Oh, so he just peed. Yeah, so that's not very impressive.
1: <laughs> take it back. My one my one good note about Wa- this film, I take it back.
0: Uh, Warwick Davis is just listed as Goblin, so I guess I he's I saw that he was in it. Some Goblins.
1: Him, I think him and his dad yeah. used to do a lot of films. Um
0: I like mean, he, Warwick or, Davis is just the guy that they call for all of this kind of stuff. Well, no, actually, 80s. that's, that's not, just the guy.
1: The story I'm thinking of is that Warwick Davis is in whatever the Star Wars film with the cute little things is, and then he was in yeah, he's the Ewok. Ewok yeah. and then they're the ones. Um, <laughs> so Warwick Davis plays an Ewok in like the old Star Wars film, and then in one of the newer ones, him and his son both play Ewoks. Oh, that's so
0: sweet. Then,
1: um, but yeah. So that's what happens, and then she meets a little tiny worm, and that's my favourite character in the whole film.
0: Also, for I I don't know, I guess the labyrinth is not in the States anymore, and it's now somewhere in England, because everybody has an accent.
1: Oh, um, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. I feel also though, well, I, I guess it kind of makes sense, because, like, um, Jareth has an English accent.
0: I guess. Yeah, so I guess his... Kingdom would have an accent. I I don't know. I guess. It's not like he's not even the same race as them, but I guess I guess. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Who needs logic? Um, (laughs) It's kinda weird because it's it's it feels like I don't know, a labyrinth is like a metaphor of England. (laughs) (laughs) It's a weird thing to think about. It's full (laughs) of horrible looking people with bad teeth.
1: Who want to Uh, suck up someone's life.
0: So the worm is like, oh, uh, basically, so the way this film works right now is that uh, there's a character that comes in or a scene that kind of comes up and then there's like a riddle or something that Sarah has to learn. But the things that she learns are weird and not helpful yeah. and kind of very abstract. So in this case, she just has to learn that. What, what is it that the worm says? He says
1: there's plenty of openings. She just isn't looking at them right. So he's like, yeah. see, Ritter. well, first he asks her incessantly to come in for tea and to meet the missus. Um, so I guess he's trying to distract her. I don't know. Um, and then he's like, look, you're just not looking right. See, that's the opening right there. And she's like, no, it's not. But then she walks forward, and it's just like a wall that blends in quite well with another wall, but it's actually an entrance or a like another pathway.
0: Yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, that looks
1: pretty like good because I was looking at it and I was like, I'm confused. Is she supposed to just walk through it? Yeah. But it was just little space, which is cool. It's nice. um, so that happens, and then then we see this the baby in this film has to have been pretty traumatized because it's just surrounded by these terrible looking <laughs> goblin puppets, but I think that the baby is now like a puppeteer or something. he's like in the industry.
0: The baby doesn't look like it cares at all the ba-
1: every now and then it's crying ah. though, but like I feel like that's just quite stressful it
0: looks like it's normal crying for a baby. Maybe. it doesn't look like it's very distressed by what's going on. It's just like I don't know. It looks like it's not very... It doesn't really care. Um, They got a great... So right now we're getting to Dance Magic Dance or whatever. uh, That whole scene. Um, They got a fucking crazy uh, baby dummy that they throw around instead of the baby every once in a while. They should have just thrown in the baby. It's very clearly a dummy and it's kind of funny. (laughs) Because they don't even try to hide it with the cuts. It feels like it's just like, yeah. Once you get to a wide angle it's always a dummy. So they throw it like really high up and then it cuts to the baby just sitting down safely Incredible. <laughs> it's uh it's pretty um, fun yeah he's like he's like um, in
1: the like puppeteering kind of industry now which is kind of nice
0: oh cool that's yeah. very cool for him yeah.
1: um his name is toby
0: yeah So i guess that makes it easier when yeah, you're filming with baby. yeah you
1: show toby that's like yes that's me um um yeah so they just kind of so, are with the, the baby and um then,
0: what the fuck are they singing about? What is so, yeah. happening? I don't so, know. So,
1: babe, in this context, I'm pretty confident that babe means child. So, like, back in the day, they yes. would have referred to a baby as a babe. You know, it's like, oh, the babe. The little babe. Yeah. So It's like, you remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the pair. What pair? The pair of voodoo. Who do? You do? Do what? Remind me of the babe. Dana! Quiet. A goblin babe. But I don't understand. Because does the baby... Does Toby... The, does yeah. Toby have powers? Like... <laughs> I feel like it's important to establish what is.
0: It feels to me like David Bowie just wrote a bunch of songs, or even didn't write them. Just had a couple of like B sides or something like that, like things that he didn't use because they were too bad. In, <laughs> in previous stuff, and then he just kind of brought them, and they're like, maybe we could do something like that, and then we're like, yeah, cool, bring it in. And then the song, like, it makes no sense. Like I have no idea what the fuck is he talking about all the time. I feel like... Every line in the song is like. <laughs> What? It's kinda of
1: like a conversation you maybe had with um like Terry Jones. And he's like, you know, the babe and Terry Jones is what babe? And he's like, The babe with the parrot and Terry Jones is what like what parrot? He's like the parrot voodoo He's like, What? The babe What? Uh, so that's
0: And then they were like, Well it's David Bowie, I guess we let him sing it.
1: <laughs> You're like, just you know what, just do it. Just go wild. This one's gonna flop anyway, so go just go it. David.
0: I guess it's fine. Yeah, whatever, David. Go it makes for it. No sense. Yeah, it's, it's the babe. Yeah. Yeah, putting voodoo into it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that rhymes you with you it. do, so. Or who do, or something. Yeah, that's, that sounds perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll make some of the goblins sing some of it.
1: Uh, yeah, so, so uh, that's grand.
0: I mean, that's not even the worst song in terms of how it fits. Like, I guess at least they're dancing, so I guess it makes some sort of sense. And it feels like a segue. Yeah. But later on they sing songs. I mean there's not that many songs in this film to be there fair. There aren't. But but that's not the worst fitting song. I guess we'll get to it, but yeah. alright, whatever. Um <clears throat> Very obvious baby dummy, yeah. Um Oh yeah, and then, then she does the door riddle.
1: Yeah, so then there is Okay, wait, Hoggle is helping Sarah. Wait, so wait, no wait, so first, wait. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay, no, that's, that's right. Fine. Yeah. Maybe there's something else. So on.
1: she so in between there's like a bit where she has her lipstick so she uses the lipstick to draw on the pavement to like help her track herself so she'll draw an arrow to be like, you know, you went this way or something. So like if she loses her way, she'll have a reference point, I guess. But then there's a goblin that crawls, like turns the thing the the tile upside down. And spins it around. And the goblin says something about, like, your mother is a something. Like, the goblin, I think, is insulting her as he does it. It's really strange. So he turns the the tile to basically confuse her. Your
0: mother is an artwork, he says. (laughs) Which
1: is really weird. Again, a classic Monty Python, like, thing. It's like the, your mother... um, Your mother sucks cocks in hell. No, um, your mother in the... (laughs) In the... Like the French the French people in Monty Python the Holy Grail. Whether like your mother was an El de Berry, Or something like that.
0: Do you know what I just did? I was looking I had Warwick Warwick's filmography open mm-hmm. and I saw he's in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the poster and my first thought was, Holy <laughs> shit, is Warwick Davis dabbing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, he plays Flitwick. Yeah, <laughs> he plays a professor. And they just he also plays um, he plays like the guy in the one of the goblins in Gringotts Bank as well, I believe.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um anyways, I'm sure he'd be great as stopping. He too, would. He'd
1: sure. be an excellent job. Oh. <laughs> um but yeah, so the the goblin like turns the tile around and whatever yeah. that kind of happens, and I guess she realizes, and she's like, "Oh, that's annoying um and then it then it's the bit where she has to do the door riddle,
0: uh, yeah, so the door riddle is like a classic kinda um riddle thing that you would i don't know, I guess it's a kid thing i I first heard it when I was a kid with no relation to this film, but it's like, yeah, this kind of thing of there are two people, and you have to go one way or another and you have to ask them which way and one person always lies and one person always tells the truth and you can only ask one. And Where do you go? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, when I was a kid, I never got it. And <laughs> now I look back at myself and I think that I was pretty stupid.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I watched it and I was confused.
0: Well, okay. So one person always lies mm-hmm. and one person always tells the truth. Mm-hmm. So you point pointed one way and you're like would the other person say that this is the right way to go right so that's the important bit because you have to ask what would the other person say and if they say yeah that's the way to go then you don't go that way because it doesn't really matter who's the person lying in that uh, scenario because it's definitely going to be the opposite because if the person you're asking I can't believe I'm I can't believe I'm uh, explaining this bit on <laughs> the podcast about <laughs> what the door bit means.
1: I think I just watched it. I think right, I so have trust what? issues. Yeah, because I was like, "But how do I? But okay. how do I? Who do I? How do I know who to ask? I don't know. I was confused. But that makes sense.
0: Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's never which been one presented to me before. The-
1: which is, you know, I, haven't, I don't have previous experience with this riddle.
0: Oh you mean except for when run. since you watched that film since you were yeah, a kid?
1: But who what what child absorbs dialogue? Not me.
0: Oh, well okay. Um anyway, she goes through the door and she falls down anyway. And when she falls down, it's a bunch of gropy hands. It's basically is it the Harvey Weinstein tunnels. <laughs> um yeah, it's the Harvey Weinstein tunnel and it's a bunch of hands that are kinda grabbing her <laughs> while she falls down a hole. Deep dark hole into. Yeah, but then when she
1: gets to the bottom, she gets the part, so.
0: Yeah, it's it's all worth it. (laughs) There's a suspicious looking plant on the way.
1: (laughs) Smells of piss. In general. Uh, (laughs) I hope he still has coronavirus.
0: Yeah, let's have a moment of silence for. Absolute scum of a human being. Boo. Uh anyways. Um Boo. Boo indeed. <laughs> this is a brave podcast. We're not afraid to boo Harvey but Weinstein. You, Harvey
2: Weinstein.
0: <laughs> the only like one of the only people who is uh, generally considered a monster in modern society by everybody.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Everybody hates him. I don't think we're being controversial.
0: Absolutely everybody hates yeah. him. Um oh, Uh, anyways uh yeah there's a bit with the hands it's kind of fun because the hands make faces Uh, it works great
1: um so she falls down a hole she falls down a hole and then she then hoggle is there i guess is he is that what happens next so hoggle's there and he's like helping her yeah I guess. um, and then they come across jareth and then jareth is like are you gonna are you helping her and he's like no, i was gonna i was gonna bring her back to the start like you told me to and and then and then sarah's like what and you're like i don't know who's lying at this point because you've also just witnessed the thing where the two doors tell the truth and lie yeah. so you're like who can i trust at this point um and then
0: if i can't trust the door who, who can, I, can trust? I trust if i can't
1: trust the door it has one job actually it has two jobs to open and to close um and then jareth i guess just doesn't believe um, Hoggle. So sends a scary machine after them. To, I guess to...
0: Which looks fucking awesome. Yeah, I
1: guess he sends it to um to mangle them to pieces.
0: Yeah. it's just fair. Basically. They escape it. Yeah, there's just a little bit and... of the wall
1: that doesn't do what it's supposed to do, I guess. It doesn't... It's not a wall. It's not a good wall. Poorly made.
0: It's not a very good wall. It, it falls down pretty easily. Also, I
1: like this bit because then the back of the machine you see is like...
0: Near... kind, of, Yeah.
1: Um, no, go I, just on. Like, I like this bit because the back of the machine you see it you see the machine is like controlled by the puppets and it reminds me of um the rats in muppets christmas carol lighting the fire
0: yeah oh that's a good one <laughs> that's true it's kind of sweet yeah um yeah that they're, they're operating this machine it's
1: cute it's like you know what i like um, this machine now it can yeah. kill them if it wants it's cute they're just yeah. doing their thing
0: yeah So they go up the ladder And they go up back into the surface From the underground thing Um, Somewhere along the Somewhere along there you get a good look At David's dick I wrote Um, Well You can say that about most of this film I guess
1: Most of this film is a a love story It's
0: a love letter to David Bowie's penis So they go up And now they meet a guy with a bird on his head And that bit is weird
1: with a bird on his
0: hat? Um, yeah, he's got like a hat, and the hat is a bird. Oh yeah, I think that part is not very interesting because not, I didn't. Yeah, make I, an yeah,
1: answer. me neither. I, did, I didn't remember it happened until you just said it. So, but then they meet Ludo, um, who's a big, old, friendly boy.
0: Alright, Ludo is hanging from a tree, and uh, a bunch of goblins are are teasing him. Not nice. So Sarah rescues him, which is nice of her, and Ludo is like a nice big boy fluffy who speaks in very simple phrases and just kind of hanging yeah, out talks in I first guess person. till the end of the film a third person he yeah. talks in third person first person yeah he yeah. talks about him yeah um I think
1: um yeah so that happens and then um they meet Ludo blah, 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 and then then so, oh, sit sit yeah, find... and meet Ludo So. Sarah plus H, okay. They meet Ludo, and then Hoggle runs away. I guess for some reason, he Mm. leaves them, and then chilly down happens.
0: No, we're not Um, there yet. We still have like doorknobs and shit, right? There's doorknobs. Um, I think uh, David Bowie has a conversation with. What's the name of the goblin? What Hoggle, and he says bosom companions and i was like what the fuck
1: you say bosom buddies bosom companions what does that mean i think it just means friends i don't know like you hug one another i don't know i've never i've never um interrogated the meaning because like it's just been something that i heard let me google it though but
0: i'm bosom buddies interesting
1: um A bosom buddy is a very close, intimate friend, one who's always got your back and who you do and share everything with. Okay. Interesting.
0: I don't know. It sounds creepy. It's I mean, just a, it's just like it's just like but, your okay. best
1: friend, basically. It's like a close friend. I don't know. Mm. It's a it's a phrase that people use for some reason.
0: Okay. Uh okay, that's fine. That's all the notes I have. We can go into the woods. Uh we're yeah. they're in the woods.
1: So yeah, they they go they go into the woods, basically, Ludo and Sarah. And they're just kind of wandering around, and then Sarah says something about like, "Oh, this doesn't seem too dangerous, does it, Ludo?" And Ludo just falls down a hole.
0: Yeah, this <laughs> is pretty, pretty funny. funny.
1: Uh, just because of like just how big he is, it's like funny that they just filmed yeah. him falling down a hole. Um, that is and true. And then, <laughs> then they meet. She meets the Fieries, and they sing "Chilly Down."
0: So those guys. Make fires? They make
1: fires with their hands. I have no so idea. So these guys, right. The fireys. There's these goblin... They're these goblin lads who look like... They're like um red and orange. I don't know. They're like fiery looking, obviously, because they're got Um And they make fire with their hands, but they can also, like, detach their body parts. So they like to take their heads off and toss them around and, like, play basketball with their heads. Um, they can take their hands off. He uses his hand... He throws his hand into a fire to, I guess... Um, Give it some ignition, and then his hand grows back. Uh, and they basically—they're just kind of—they think that they think they're having fun with Sarah because they don't really understand that she can't remove her head. Um, and so they're like, accidentally just harassing her, and um, because they just think they're having a good time. And then, so the song happens. It's excellent. They say they're the chilliest bunch in the land. Um, and then.
0: I also have no idea what the fuck they're talking about.
1: They say... "the Chilly Dan with the fire gang.
0: Um, it's also like... When, when this scene happens... It all kind of transitions to... Like a green screen... Kind of the uh, background poorly, shot. Poorly and done. suddenly... Suddenly, everybody's like on this background, like clearly not in the real place. Yeah. I guess because they couldn't film those people in one thing, it's just like the puppets. I guess it was complicated yeah. in some way, but it's got it's like suddenly you're in this different world, and like the whole, like, kind of uh, LSD trip part of the scene is really amplified. And because really, they're all kind of, I found it really, yeah, depressing. they're
1: all they're kind of the you can kind of tell where the green screen is in terms of like their outline, and you get their outline, like, is all really really vivid and curse it but they're like the i think it's mainly because because they had sarah and she was like such an integral part of the scene and also i think the fireys have to be operated by two people um yeah so they just it kind of was and because they show their whole body it just like wasn't doable to not have it on a green screen but it just looks bad
0: um, Put, but it's the only why do they have to show her whole body I'm honestly not to, sure to remove like, her head. she's just kind of there yeah.
1: Um, but then no they needed to show the Fiery's whole bodies
0: oh yeah because they're trying Their to they're dancing and everything
1: but it's actually also the only song on the Labyrinth album that David Bowie doesn't do lead vocals for which is kind of fun
0: yeah because they sing yeah. it themselves yeah. Um, um, but
1: yeah so they do that
0: they it's pretty fucked up it's honestly fun. <laughs> <Hopefully>. <laughs> um but yeah they're just singing about like i don't know it's like it's in the middle of this children's film suddenly you cut to this fucking haunting trip. green screen image this acid trip thing out of nowhere, totally different vibe. And the first thing that happens is one of the characters cuts their own hand off and throws it into a fire. and, <laughs> like, <laughs> and <then laughs> it's it. also
1: it's not important in terms no context. It's not important for the plot. Like it doesn't really have much bearing on the plot. It's really just the chill, the firey's uh, telling us all about their livelihood and what they do, yeah, which is basically just have yeah, fun, it's got nothing to take do their with heads anything. off, toss them around, um, yeah, chilly down with the fire guy.
0: Um, yeah, none of it makes any sense. It's and they great. say they don't have no problems uh,
1: or no suitcase.
0: Yeah, they say a, don't have a, no problems. something like no a big, problems. big hemp.
1: Don't have what no suitcase, say? no suitcase. Ain't got no clothes to worry about, no clothes to worry about. I don't know what the next line is, but it's.
0: it's I don't. It's not that. It's
1: something long.
0: Anyways, um, also Bowie wrote that one. Like I'm so um, seeing
1: on the track listing that like. Trevor Jones, whoever that is, wrote some of them and David Bowie wrote other ones I oh, no, wait I don't know, never mind, I have no idea I don't understand what they're trying to tell me here
0: never Okay mind. Anyways uh, Sarah decapitates them and walks mm. away Which isn't uh, too much of a crime because that's... like they
1: can't put their heads back on um, It's kind of yeah. just throwing them off but then they start to chase her because they're like, hey, you can't do that I think they're kind of, what they're saying is you can take your own head off but like not someone else's. I don't really know. But they're like, Hey, that's my head. That's his head. Whatever.
0: Um yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> the not film doesn't it's change. not important. They go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go on. And they get they get to the um the bog of eternal stench. Yeah.
1: Well uh, what happens is Jareth tells Hoggle that if Sarah... which it doesn't make any sense. He's like, if Sarah gives you a kiss, I'm gonna send you to the bog of eternal stench. So just think keep that in mind. And it's like, okay, that, I don't, what, okay. (laughs) Like, are you saying, because that would mean like, I don't know. It seems more like a challenge of like, well, if Sarah gives you a kiss, then I'll do this for you. Like, it's, it's more usually something that it's like, I bet that you can't get a kiss. But if you can, you'll do this or I'll give you this. But instead, it's like a threat. It's like, if she gives you a kiss for some reason, I'm going to send you, I'm going to punish you and send you to the Bog of Eternal Stench. Maybe because he wants a kiss from her. Which is a problem. Um, but either way, Sarah gives Hoggle a kiss to thank him for helping her, saving her from the fieries or something. And then they're sent to the Bog of Eternal Stench. Just like Jareth promised. And then they reunite with the Ludo. They're like climbing across a building and they fall and they fall onto Ludo. I oh, don't know. And this pond is just, this bog yeah, is just yeah, farting like... away.
0: Yeah, that whole section of the film is just a bunch of fart yeah. jokes. I mean, that's the main thing. And it's just... It's lots of lots of farting. I
1: didn't... You know, it's like, I don't need this. Why is the bog farting? Yeah, the it's... Bo- I can um, just believe you that the bog smells. It doesn't need to fart. Uh,
0: yeah, okay. So they're at the bog, and they go, uh, and they meet a, a dog guarding a bridge. He's a dog in, like, an armor.
1: And the dog <laughs> is... <laughs> the dog is... Um, so... They meet. Do they meet the dog first?
0: Oh, the dog of the dog, or
1: are they both dogs?
0: I think he's a is dog. He? Isn't I think he's he? just a
1: goblin kind of thing. Okay, so they meet Sir Didymus.
0: he be like they know, meet Sir whatever.
1: Didymus, who is, I guess, the dog that Mathe speaks of, um, and Sir Didymus has a dog whose name is Ambrosia, but it looks like Merlin Sarah's dog because it, it's definitely yeah. the same dog, basically. Um, yeah, which I think. It's one of those things where this maybe lends it to the whole dream concept that it's like, well, when you have a dream, did you know you can't dream about someone that you don't, you've never seen before? Your brain can't make up a face. So whenever you dream, the people in your dream, you've seen them before.
0: So just saying. Yeah. (laughs) It's like that.
1: So, so yeah, she is the dog and the dog's name is Ambrosia. And they meet Sir and I guess Sir doesn't want them to cross the bridge. But then, but then he doesn't mind. Actually, he changes his mind. He also says the bog smells yeah. nice, I think, because I guess he's the guardian of the bog. Um, and then
0: I think he doesn't smell like if yeah, he can't smell. Anything, I do I think that's kind um, of and the thing.
1: then. So yeah, and then he doesn't want them to cross, but then I guess he's like, maybe it's fine. And then he's like, listen listen, this is a great bridge, it's fine, you can cross it. And then it immediately breaks. And Sarah has to save herself from the fire bog. Um And she does. She like grabs onto the thing. I don't know. They get through it. it. Yeah, it all works out. More, more farts. A few farts, um oh, uh, f- a yeah. few bits of stress. Um and then Hoggle gives at this point I guess more stuff probably happens. But then Hoggle gives Sarah a peach that I guess Jareth had put a curse on. Yeah. She's like saying she's hungry and she's like, oh my god, thank you so much, Hoggle. You're the best. You're so nice. And Mm -hmm. Hoggle's just like, I'm just gonna betray you real quick.
0: Yeah, so she eats the poisoned peach. um, And then she gets high as fuck and she gets a vision of being at a ball um, with which is like basically an ice-white-shut situation. That's, I guess, the closest frame of reference I have for she this. She
1: basically hallucinates, I guess. Before
0: ice-white-shut. <laughs> yeah. And David Bowie sings a song about something it says again. the world falls down. Uh, That's dying. Megan's
1: favorite song in it, apparently.
0: What the fuck <laughs> is this even about? I have no idea. It has. Well, does it have any relation to what's going on? Who knows
1: what, what motivation any character in this film has.
0: It's kind of like a love song.
1: Yeah. But like, why? Like, I don't... There's so much to... I don't understand what's going on. There's a masquerade ball going yeah. on. Um, Sarah's wearing a great dress and her hair looks really nice. That's my commentary on this scene.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's confusing. Um,
1: so that scene happens. And I guess maybe it's like one of those iconic scenes. And I don't know why because it's like not very good. Um, And then she... Mm. And she breaks out of it. It, looks, it interesting. looks interesting. She breaks out and then she's in a junkyard. And then a goblin lady gives her her teddy. And then Sarah yeah. is then back in her room. And she's like, oh, it was just a dream. But it was so real. She's like, oh, I'm going to see if dad's home. And she goes to open the door. And then the trash goblin is just still there. <laughs> she's like, hey. It's kind she's kind like, there's funny. nothing out there. Yeah. I don't, don't go out there. There's nothing there.
0: Yeah, and the trash goblin is trying to kind of uh, take her attention away with all the shit that she has in the room. To kind of, I, I guess, I don't know. Keep her from remem- remembering that she's supposed to rescue her brother, yeah. which she forgot, in all the drug-induced paranoia or whatever. And um, yeah, basically, she doesn't care. And then she's like, oh no, fuck you. I'm gonna go for my brother." Because so apparently, does. she likes him. She like uh,
1: wanted him to go, and then immediately was like, "Actually, no, I like him." Wait, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> no, the, I the was joking. And like
0: Sarah is, yeah, the change from Sarah, the the. Annoyed teenager to Sarah, very wise young woman is basically seen to (laughs) scene.
1: It's like two seconds.
0: With no no journey, honestly, that she goes through.
1: No emotional growth. Like I feel like there's another film that this kind of thing happens on the camera what it is. But there's a film that has a similar thing of like the (gasps) Am I thinking of the Rugrats movie?
0: (laughs) Did they like uh, Okay, I feel like
1: in one of the Rugrats movies they like lose Dill. And to- So, to- Dale is Tommy's little brother, and Tommy's, like, jealous, okay. so he, like, gets rid of him or something, and then he's, he's, like, no, actually, wait, no, and he, like, realizes that he misses him, but I don't think that's the thing I was thinking of, but that just came to my mind.
0: Okay, cool. Um, do you know what this scene reminded me of? Because, right, when she escapes, like, the room kind of falls apart. Uh-huh. Um... That reminded me of a Terry Gilliam film, Time Bandits. Oh, like generally, there's a lot of vibes here from like what Terry Gilliam would do at the beginning of his career, like Time Bandits and stuff like that. Interesting. And um, it's not as good. (laughs) Like, Time Bandits is oh, it's 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 another crazy fucking film, but it's so good. Time Bandits is oh, excited. Oh my god, Uh, it's another film that didn't make any money because nobody knew what the fuck to do with it. But it's it's yeah, it's so well made and crazy and fun. Um, yeah, and there's a scene at the end where that's kind of similar uh, to that room kind of falling apart. Um, yeah, anyways.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's okay. It doesn't look bad.
0: I think it's fun that yeah. the room falls apart. I like stuff like that going on. Um, anyways, she gets out of there and, um, yeah, they go into the city. Um... There's a guard at the door. Basically like there's it's like a big action thing that's mm-hmm. going on at the end of this film. Yeah, so Sarah's bider um, they
1: get to the gate. So the, yeah, they get to like the gate of the castle and basically they have to like fight a knight who's guarding it. And then at this point I kind of was realizing how much of a Monty Python character Didymus is. because um, he's like kind of just making silly commentary yeah. while they try and fight and like the dog is hiding behind yeah. a rock and he tells him that it's he's embarrassing him. Because uh, he's being a coward. Yeah,
0: it's just very like, yeah, holy grail. Yeah, kind it's that of. kind of vibe. And he's got that kind of voice right. as
1: well. And then, so then there's just like a whole chaotic sequence of like fighting throughout the goblin city. They're running around. Yeah. And again, um, there's like a funny bit. Um, And again, like funny in terms of like, not like intellectually funny, but it's like supposed to be funny. <laughs> is that Didymus is like, the, it's Ambrosius the dog is because Didymus rides on Ambrosius and Ambrosius is just like running around running away or whatever i don't know he's just running and then didamiss is like ambrosius if you don't turn around this second i will never feed you again and then there's like a tire screech sound and ambrosius turns around immediately and then the, the chaotic fight sequence keeps going and then i guess then we're inside the castle they get in yes, somehow like i don't know but
0: anyway she, she gets it um yeah, and then we have, like, the final kind of confrontation. Toby, like, has his own labyrinth, which, which is... is, like,
1: climbing up, like, stairs and stuff and kind of
0: trapping. Well, it's like, it's like, um, well, it's an Escher thing, right? So, uh, Sarah has an Escher painting by her bed. Um, and that's basically just a, I think, very, very well done mm-hmm. um, recreation of an Escher painting with all the staircases that kind of, impossible staircases that he loved to make, like, kind of coming into each other. Um yeah, so basically it's this a weird place where gravity is kinda of weird because you can fall from one staircase to another and kinda of change up and yeah, basically David Bowie just keeps teleporting from one place to another and sings a song. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the confrontation. <laughs> that's it. Another song that has nothing to do no. with anything. Um
1: and then, yeah, and then, then they're like somewhere else, I guess. And Sarah's just like like I guess there's some kind of an argument or conversation happens, but then Sarah is basically like you don't have any power over me <laughs> And then it's just like true and then it just like goes back to normal. She like she just is back in her room.
0: She found Toby. Yeah, it's she fine. got Toby and then <laughs> and, uh... there's a
1: terrible CGI owl that flies in. Yes. Um, uh... and then Toby's in the crib. And then Sarah's in her room. She's looking in the mirror and then Hoggle is there, but she's like talking to him like through the mirror, so she's a in in the reflection. Um and then then he says something like, "We're always, I'm always here if you need me or something. And then Sarah says something like, I always need you. I need all of you. And it's like, listen, Sarah, Coggle has not been reliable this whole time.
0: Now, to be fair, she says, like, that's a kind of a nice line. And I like it. It's kind of sweet where she says, I need you sometimes in my life. I don't know why, but I need you. Not all the time, but sometimes in my life, she says something like, sometimes in my life, I don't know why, like, there's no apparent reason she needs mm-hmm. him or them. Yeah. Or probably. Which I yeah, that's no, nice. Sweet. I think
1: it's kind of, I feel like it's one of those things of like, a. you know, I need my imagination to like escape from things. I feel like that's what I was trying yeah. to say. Because yeah, she's having so, a hard yeah. time with her stepmom, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. so she says that. And then he's like, why didn't you say so? And then all the goblins are in the room and they just have a party.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird because, like, I don't feel like that really fits, though, know. with what the film is doing most yeah. of the time. It's She was fighting because... against
1: most of the goblins. Yeah. That
0: doesn't make sense. Diddy bit... was being there makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of... Luda
1: being there makes sense. Hoggle honestly doesn't deserve to be there, but him being there makes sense. That's, like, it. And the worm. Maybe the yeah. worm would make sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's just... It's weird. I feel weird. like um, the main
1: thing is, like, the... So the line she says, which is nice but it does kind of make it then seem as though she's like, you know, acknowledging I think the fact that she speaks to him through the mirror is very much a thing of like, you know, he's not actually real, like, you know, like she's like imagining him yeah. and then saying, you know, sometimes I need you, is the whole thing of like I need my imagination, I need my escape to different worlds, etc. Um but then it's like okay, but then you're telling me this is a dream because I don't like it when a film does that.
0: Yeah, I guess it's supposed to not be I like, it's not important. Yeah, it's kind of not important, but
1: important. I feel I'm like sure it's saying. yeah. But no, and that's it. Yeah. The film ends.
0: And that's it. That's the end of the film, and then David Bowie sings a song about a daddy. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> because <laughs> anyway, why not? Whatever. Um, why not? No. Why not? Um, yeah, that's the film. That's the end of the film. That was, that was labyrinth. labyrinth. Thank you, everybody. Mitchum Thanks. Bye. Dance
1: magic dance. Dance, magic, dance.
0: Cool Thank stuff. You. Good stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, that, that film tired me yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But I'm sure that in a few weeks I will remember it fondly.
1: <laughs> Maybe.
0: I will forget about all this all this nonsense about how tiring it is to watch. And then I'll be like, you know what? It was pretty cool. There were puppets. There was a farting swamp. <laughs> I had a good I think time, the part
1: of it is just that it's not the kind of film that's made to be, like, watched and, like, I don't know. I feel like it's not the kind of film that I now feel like I can watch and want to concentrate on 100%. Like, and I do have those kind of films yeah. in like, where it's like, I can put on this film and I want it to be there and I will enjoy it, but I do also want to be, like, probably doing something else, like, not fully concentrating.
0: In a way, it is kind of a good background yeah. film. Because of all the chaos and yeah, because it's so segmented, so you can kind of watch a segment and then kind of fall out yeah. for a little bit, and then when you come back, it's like yeah, it's kind of similar. And to music. Thing. So, yeah, yeah, and it's musical and it's got stuff. So I guess yeah, I guess it's good for a, for a background watch, but I'm not really sure that's what people would try to do. When no, they make it's definitely film, maybe not. Maybe that's just me.
1: Um, <laughs> it's definitely not like like supposed to be like that, but that is what it's become. But I think it's a good film to show to... I mean, is it it's a good film for kids in the terms of, like... It's got a bunch of weird stuff. In terms of, like, I don't know. Like, I like films that have an imagination, and it does have that, and that's kind of why I still hold it fondly. Yeah. um, And also the puppets. But, yeah. In terms of the yeah. plot, does it hold up? No.
0: Yeah. Well, you know. It's too bad. It's too yeah. bad. Um, It's got a bunch of scary stuff, but I don't think anything that a child wouldn't be able to handle. Like, um... The eyes popping out uh, are kind of weird, but <laughs> on that, it's kind of fine. Um, yeah, that whole bit, that whole LSD trip bit is kind of kind of out there. That's um, other than that, it's kind of okay. It's got a bunch of, like, mild peril yeah. things, I guess. That'll right? be a bad name for a podcast. But you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, who would name their podcast <laughs> no, that way? Was... Jesus, Ugh. bunch of That's losers. Disgusting. Definitely. <laughs> um... Well, okay, should we do it? Abby, yes. i got a question okay, for you.
1: Okay, that's the question? Matchy.
0: In the film Labyrinth, that's me, uh, in the film Labyrinth, um, What do you want to fuck, haunt, and kill? Well,
1: I've thought long and hard about this. Uh, mm. Exactly 10 minutes, probably.
0: Mm.
1: Excuse me, I needed to burp. Um, so, in the film Labyrinth,
2: yeah.
1: mm-hmm. I so the fuck specifically I like went back and forth with because I don't there's not very many people I, I'm not gonna fuck David but I don't want to um, I don't think he deserves it so, mm-hmm. I, so I've settled on either Fair enough. I've settled on two different characters and if I'm deciding between them I think I'm gonna choose this one um, Ludo <laughs> I'm gonna fuck Ludo <laughs> it was between Ludo and Sir Didymus and okay. the thing is Suritimus um <laughs> is quite small, like as in in height and stature, he's quite small and I think just maybe it needs to unwind and like I don't want to be the one to help him unwind. Like I think he needs to like work on himself.
0: Okay, I get that. Um, yeah. I see that. But right. he has a
1: good personality. <laughs> um but just he's not I just don't I think I'm not gonna fuck him. But Ludo is a big cuddly lad. He seems to be very caring and i just think he would be cozy some fucking ludo okay um, that's fair enough i'm going to haunt hoggle because he's really not very nice he's not reliable he tries to help but then he fucks yes. you over and he's just not trustworthy and i don't i don't fuck with that so i'm going to haunt hoggle and remind mm. him every day of all the bad things he's done and how unreliable he is as a friend and then i'm going to kill i'm going to kill enough. jareth um he's not a nice fair. guy He's very mean, he's still babies, he's mean to goblins, um, abusive, a dictator, and also has a massive bulge that just is quite um distressing to look at. So that's my answer. Yes.
0: That's fair enough, yeah. It's a lot lot, lot to look yeah.
1: at. Um so Macho. The film Labyrinth yeah. that mm-hmm. we just watched. Fuck mm-hmm. can't kill.
0: All right, so uh, I'm gonna fuck <clears throat> David Bowie, obviously, because like I, I don't know, I would love to have sex with David Bowie because I'm sure that's a once in a lifetime experience that nobody's ever gonna yeah, have but again. He's dead. But yeah, he is literally dead. But back in the day, you know, I would have totally if some if David would come up to me and be like, "Hey, you."
1: All right. 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 Let's let's bone.
0: Cheer my new album, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Yes, David, of course I did." <laughs> and I'd be like, "Fine then." And he would lead me to his bedroom in the Hilton. Anyways, whatever. Uh, that's my that's, that's my fantasy. I think about okay. it each, each evening. Um, okay.
1: Whatever, whatever you need. Yes,
0: David, I did listen to Blackstar. Uh, okay. Anyways, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm having sex with him. Uh okay uh so yeah so that's that's my fuck i'm gonna fuck david bowie i'm gonna haunt david bowie <laughs> um because i'm interested in what's going on between the like we there's so much about the goblin king that we don't know
1: we don't know his motives
0: i just want to know us yeah we don't know his motives what the fuck he's doing what 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 how is his he, job what is how a did goblin he king this what?
1: Throne? he's not a goblin.
0: He's not a goblin. He doesn't seem to be yeah. a goblin. Um, what's his deal? Uh, what, what does he eat? Does he sleep anywhere? Does he have like a life? Does he just hang out in that oval there's, room of the there's baby? There's
1: three key questions I have for Jareth the Goblin Queen, Queen? King. Mm-hmm. Um, how? When? Yes. Why? Those mm-hmm. are the three questions I have. Yeah, that's good.
0: I would also add... What? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's who? Good one.
1: So there's a few questions.
0: Who? Yeah, there's a few questions that might get resolved by him for a while, but something tells me there's probably no answers to those questions at all. And uh, I'm gonna kill David Bowie <laughs> because uh I am. Uh, I think there's a lot of like innuendo there with between him and and Sarah. I don't <laughs> like it, so I think he deserves he does to die. he absolutely does deserve to die. Um. Also, please, hide your penis.
1: <laughs> We're in respectable company. I know it's the 80s, your, but still. Hide your dick, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah, please. I think that's possibly the first uh, triple whammy we've had. Um, David Bowie's really I, a, not David a, Bowie's a triple threat. He's fuckable, hauntable, and killable.
0: Um, I would like to say that I, I would do that in that order. That's why the game is in that order. That's why I could play it that way. That makes sense. Let's get the sex out of the way first, so we can get the fuck out of the way. Then I haunt him for a while, see what's what, and then I kill him.
1: Sounds great. Sounds ideal. Sounds like the ideal uh, sexual encounter, to be honest.
0: Sure, that's that's how most of mine <laughs> went. So there you go.
1: Yeah, I think I think Ted Bundy would probably endorse that. Please don't phone that. the
0: police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a sad joke, but it it's true. true.
1: Hey, hey, listeners! Well, if you can take yes. one thing from this um, from this podcast. Don't kill anybody, please.
0: Yeah, that's not a nice thing. Unless, unless you're doing a podcast and you're looking for a bit,
1: or unless they deserve it. If they deserve it, maybe do. No, don't. Suck. I don't know. I'm legally am I an accomplice now? An accessory to murder?
0: Definitely an accessory.
1: If I'm an accessory, call me a hoop earring bitch. I don't know what that means.
0: Me either. But uh, thank you everybody Thanks for, for listening. listening to whatever next that week,
1: was. We're talking about Braid, right?
0: Braid. We Yeah, we're talking about Braid. We don't of us know what that is.
1: It. Um we don't really know what's gonna happen, but guys we're coming to the end of season two. Yeah. yeah we've got there. like two episodes left. What do you what do you, uh,
0: three, three episodes? Four. How? Well next next, next year <laughs> next year. Next next week. <laughs> Next week is gonna be braid. That's episode seventeen. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And then three more. Yeah. Because we're gonna have twenty. Because that's what we've decided. We've
1: got a few episodes left, but we're nearly done. Yeah, we're getting
0: close to it. Um, season two, lockdown season. I'm sure the only lockdown season. Because I'm sure the next season there's gonna be no lockdown.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. We're never gonna see each other again. This is. I feel like it's gonna reach a point where I'll have not seen you in person for as long as I. Knew you,
0: yeah, that's possible, that's which is weird, but oh it's possible. God, yeah, well, yeah, thanks for is.
1: listening, everybody. Uh, wash your hands, yeah, thanks for listening.
0: Sorry for all that psychological, <laughs> um, hardship that we just yes, threw at you apologies. for no reason at the end, but generally, we hope you're yeah, please okay.
1: Please be okay, please wash your hands, please wear a mask, please consider other people, um, socialize responsibly, um, etc
0: and we'll see you around in the new yes. world or next week just tune in next week and we'll listen. We got a website fhkpodcast.com we got an Instagram at a fhkpodcast and we got an email at fhkpodcast@gmail.com. At
1: yeah. And we have a podcast um fuck on kill. <laughs> <laughs> it's called oh, fuck on kill. Uh, so uh, you can find it uh, here actually right here. You can find it. You found it. Good job. You
0: can find it you right, right here. here smash that like button <laughs> hit
1: subscribe um leave a comment down below if you want to enter the giveaway uh what we're giving away is our virginity collectively yeah.
0: <laughs> so smash your virginity <laughs> just kidding
1: virginity is actually a, a construct it doesn't exist or maybe it does i'll freaking know
0: yeah <laughs> bye <laughs> Dude, this is it i've ended okay. it now that's it. I have no other bit. Yeah. Tell no that to other my Oh, the is